Yeah. All right. uh, so who should intro? Uh, whoever's got the best idea for a bit. Okay. Ooh, ooh, uh, I, got, I think I got something. I think I got something. Uh, uh, okay. So you know the show that we watched this week? I had that bit where they, right before they say a certain, before they say the name of the show, it goes to the title card. Yeah. Okay. What if we do that? I don't know. Oh, so, okay. So you mean like, a, so I say, you know, welcome to the blah, 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 blah. blah and then yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So how would that, so, okay. So it'd be, you know, welcome to the 234th episode of... I, I like that Ben just casually took credit for the idea. <laughs> well, no one else was doing it. Ryan was doing his whole no, uh, nose ghost thing. So I figured, all right, screw it. I'll lead him in. Listen, yeah. it's as flawless as all our other intros. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That is true. Anyway. Just as clean, just as perfect. But. Welcome back, everyone. We're here. Like I said, it's 234. We're talking about Invincible, the new, uh, that's upside down. The oh, new, I know it. Uh, <laughs> Oh, I'm joking. Uh, the new Amazon animated TV series based off the comic book. We are here to uh, compare the first three episodes of the show to its comic book counterpart uh, written by Robert Kirkman. So, hi, guys. Hello. Hello. Uh, really quickly, I guess I should... Oh, introduce us before I forget. Uh, hi, Ben Magnet. Hey, how's it going, Brandon T. McClure? It's good. Oh, thank you for introducing me because I forgot to introduce myself. And Sparks, witty. Hi there. And Ryan Iliopoulos. That's me. I'm here every day. Uh, Rexplode himself. Hey, it's me. Jason Nanzukis is, he's Greek, so I'll take it. I'm Greek too. There you go. You're a much that's... cooler person than Rexplode. Thank you. Yeah, he cool. does get to, never mind. Never mind. We'll go there later. Um, we have links in the description. We actually have a lot of links in the description below. So many, let's see if I can remember them all. Nice. Um, I'll just say I have an article in the description about uh, some big news that we're going to talk about uh, later today. Uh, later in this episode, uh, the Marvel news where they severed ties from Diamond. I wrote a bit about that. That's on our website and this link's below. Uh, Ryan, you have a downright annoyed. Oh, I sure did. Uh, I did that a couple hours ago. We talked about a movie that I got to pick called The Good, The Bad, and The Weird. And that's a just, just an excellent South Korean spaghetti Western live action anime movie. It's not based off anime, but it sure feels like it. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about that in, in our weekly stuff. Yeah. That was great. That was a lot of fun. Um, I, uh, I saw you putting some clips some clips on your instagram looks really interesting it's 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 a banger 10 out of 10 yeah. watch again and i think that's just our that's the only thing we have personally uh so other than that we've got stuff around the network of the fickner podcast as i said i've launched my newest show conversation i'm sure you've seen all the instagram posts and all the twitters and all the whatevers i've been talking for about four weeks conversation is here the first two episodes are out where I talk to Phil Better of the Invest in Yourself podcast and Stephen White of the Super Mega Crash Bros Turbo podcast. Um, so you can check those out varying lengths. Uh, those yeah. are links below. And don't well, forget to for a podcast, Super Mega Crash Turbo, because I listened to that on the way home for work one day. Oh, good. The His podcast, right? Not Conversation? No, yours, Conversation. conversation. What the hell? You should have listened to his podcast. No, I'm kidding. Um, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, and we have... Uh, Fakner's Watch, Falcon Winter Soldier, Episode 1. Uh, we did just record an Episode 2, so that'll be coming out this week. Um, but Episode 1 is, in, is linked below. We have a Fakner Book Club audio for Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Volume 1. That's in the description below. Uh, slowly catching up there. And... Is that it? I think that's it. Uh, did you put my new article from OSG on there? Nope. Oops. I'm so sorry. 
What's up, Ben? Tell us about it. <laughs> no, I wrote another article. Actually, when I write, because when these go out early in the week, I got to remind Brandon to, to send him the link. And you really should. I'm sorry. That's, that's, my, that's my fault. No, it's my fault. Uh, I should have I remembered. No, uh, I wrote another article for OldSchoolGamerMagazine.com. It's all about modding consoles. And when I woke up this, this I, didn't, I didn't wake up this morning. I woke up this afternoon. Who am I kidding? I woke up to a email because on the website, we get notifications and emails whenever someone comments on our posts. So we have to approve it, whether or not it's to be seen on the website by anyone else visiting, or if it's like really mean, we can say, nope, scrub it and not, not let that person post. This guy was very kind in the way that he said that he wants more articles like mine or like the subject matter of mine, which is modding your classic consoles to be featured in the magazine. And I'm like, something I wrote, uh, a reader wants to see in the print magazine, which made me happy. I was like, nice. good job. I don't know. It just felt, it felt good. I don't know if the, if the editors are going to see that comment, but it's like, thanks, guy. Thank you, person. That made me, that made my day. You know what I was just thinking about? No. I'm going to make that joke work in the audio. <laughs> you're gonna cut it yeah. <laughs> listen listen you're saying that here i just want you to know if you're listening to this audio listeners we have the truth go to youtube <laughs> <laughs> our youtube our audio episodes are often shorter by like minutes oh yeah yeah because of the editing mm. yeah uh anyway but that's all i've been talking too long so somebody go first with their week not at all but i'll but i'll go sure um i'm gonna start with maybe my favorite thing that i did this week and i also did it with him we started watching superman and lois Oh, nice. oh my gosh, you guys. Um, Henry Cavill, he's great. Fantastic. Uh, he has not been given the due as Superman. So for me, this version of Superman is my favorite live action Superman. And at least uh, since 2006 with Brandon Routh, uh, this, the first, the opening montage is the most Superman I live action thing has been since like the Christopher Reeve. Like it is, it is so good at making you like, it's just so Superman and it's everything I wanted from a Superman show and the budget is there and it doesn't look like, like no offense to the CW shows. It doesn't look like a cheap CW show. Like it's got a budget and it looks more like black lightning and season one of Supergirl. They're filming it more dynamically. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, they're actually giving it like a visual style and like the writing's a little crisper and like the special effects are really good. Um, Tyler Hoechlin is so good as Superman. And the thing that he has John in the comics, right? But John is like, is younger. The thing that I never thought I wanted I, to see, see Superman deal with is angsty teenagers. And the way that you see Superman like crying the same way that he's like, this dude could punch a meteor, but he's like breaking down because he can't connect with his son. That shit is eating me up. Oh my God, it's so good. On, on the, the note of that, just because I want to give it the praise, like it's, we say angsty teenagers, but really only one of them is angsty. Yeah. And he's angsty with like purpose yeah. rather than just like, I'm a teen and I have issues. Yeah. He has, uh, social like he has as a um, he has anxiety disorders yeah. uh and like that's actually a developed part of his character yeah and so it's like uh he already feels out of place and then he's the one of the two brothers who starts developing powers which makes him even more out of place uh it's uh, like of course like if you if you know like the comics like he has one son he has two sons in this show and at first it seems weird but there's actually a really <laughs> awesome story reason by one like it's jonathan and jordan and oh, I'm just gonna spoil it here. Uh, Jordan is named after Jor-El, and that's that's incredible. And in like, there's there's such a good scene between them, like on in like the Fortress. Oh, Assault. he named his kids after both of his dads. That's so yeah. cool. It's I am so impressed with the show. Um, and it's definitely my favorite pilot of any of the CW shows. I think it is so strong. I think the like, character work is so strong. How you print? Is it Jordan or Joran? 
Jordan. 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 Okay. I don't know. Because I, I thought I heard Jordan, but it's like named after Jor-El is like Jor-El. Yeah, Jor, Jor. Jor, Jor. Yeah. Jor, 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 Jor. And kind of put a spotlight on a character from the Superman mythos who doesn't get a ton of attention. Probably the best iteration of Sam Lane I've seen in forever. Oh, General Lane. Yeah. Oh, my God. He's he's part of the military, but he's also the... Uh, but he's also Grandpa. He's also Grandpa. So, like, he cares as much about, like the, like, the Superman and Lois dynamic. And he has such a good line of, like... Clark, like, you don't see what Lois, like, when Lois, like, when you're out saving the world, you think Lois is so strong, but, like, you're not here like I am. You don't see what they go through. That, like, being with being with Superman, what that does to them. Um, and, like, the he, hum- also, he also has a great line to Lois where he says, you fell in love with Clark, but you married Superman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, very much, very much the stuff that we're seeing in Invincible, which we'll talk about later, the, the, the balance of being, you know, human and superhuman, um, it, the show handles it so well. And I'm so, I'm so glad to be watching the show. I think it's fantastic. I think you guys are going to love it when you watch it. Um, I'm just, I'm so glad to be watching it. That is a hell of a good time. Um, I spent a lot of time thinking about Snyder Cut because I saw it last week and I think it's pretty good. And I watched a lot of YouTube reviews of people who don't like Zack Snyder movies talking about how much they like Justice League. And I'm just like, it is such an interesting world we're living in right now. Um, I just think it's wild. Um, we live in a, so, in a post-Snyder Cut world. We live in a post-Snyder Cut world where generally people like it and the people who wanted it uh, are mad. It's just, it's a, it's a weird thing. Um, all that Snyder Cut stuff still sucks, though. I hate all those people who are doing that nonsense. Um, I read a lot of Marvel comics, and none of them came out uh, in the last couple months. Uh, that pool is, is slowly growing, but I opened up Marvel, Marvel Unlimited, and I'm like, 30,000 comics. I don't have to worry about continuity. Sure, I'll just pick up some. So I got heavy back into Captain America from the 80s. Uh, I started reading it a couple months ago, uh, and, I, and I stopped literally at the point when the John Walker stuff started happening. So funny enough, Falcon Winter Soldier comes out. Uh, so I'm like, I'm gonna jump back into that. And I read like 25 issues in the last couple of days. Um, that stuff's incredible, you guys. Uh, not only is it really good, and John Walker is a really cool villain, um, America loves him. And it's and again, we talked about it uh, off, off screen, Brandon, uh, that yeah. the stuff that's happening in the 80s is also still happening now. Uh, and it just, it, it's like comics, comics are always reflecting on the bullshit of the world. And it's so sad that nothing has changed. Yeah. And it's just, it's really funny that com- the comics are always there to reflect that. Um, all the stuff happening in Falcon and Winter Soldier and all the stuff happening in WandaVision is all happening around the same time in 1985 within these two different comic books, West Coast Avengers and the Captain America book. It's so wild to see John Walker step from the pages of Captain America into West Coast Avengers when Wanda's dealing with a dead vision. Like all this stuff is happening at once, and it's so weird that the phase four is 1985. Uh, it's just it's a weird coincidence. Um, but I'm really enjoying it. Um, I'm gonna continue to read Captain America. He's dealing with the Serpent Society right now. They're going on an Indiana Jones quest. It's so cool. It's great. Um, I started to read Armor Wars from the Iron Man uh, event that's getting turned into a miniseries. Guys, that book is also really cool. It, spoilers, it's probably not my next book club. Uh, Scott Lang's in it. Uh, Justin Hammer's in it. A whole bunch of people show up. Tony Stark is looking slick and fly. It's the best Tony Stark he's ever looked. Rhodey's in it so much. He's so cool. Um, the 80s was just like, I was, I was looking at the time period of Marvel Comics. Um, not so much DC, but the ebb and flow of, of good comics, right? The 80s were so hot. And then Marvel went bake up in the 90s. And then the 2000s, they rose up and were great. And then the 2010s, like Marvel now had hit or misses. And now they're back getting good stuff. And I'm just like, it's always an ebb and flow. It's always up or down. Uh, I just think comics are, are funny. Waves are funny. I love comics. What's nice about that is if you read both, both comic book companies, they never are, are strong at the same time. Yeah. So if you're like, hey, Marvel's not doing it for me. DC is, though. Oh, DC's yeah, not doing it for me. Marvel is, though. 
yeah, sometimes, and then sometimes I have like a perfect synergy of like, well, they're doing great shit at the same time. And then sometimes they're both doing really bad shit. Um, I just think it's really funny. And again, like going from like Captain America 236 to West Coast Avengers 45, I'm going from Falcon Winter Soldier into WandaVision. And I just think it's it's just really weird synergy. Um, and I just had a great time reading old comics this week. That's awesome. Um, I think that's mostly what I did. And I probably maybe did video game stuff. I don't know. That's me, baby. Sparks, do you want to go next? Sure. I'll I'll carry it on. Um, yeah. Uh, so, Superman and Lois. Checkity check. Really enjoying it. Um, around Superman and Lois, I also have been steadily uh, catching up on where I'm behind on the, the CW, DC stuff uh, right now. Um, so that's a lot of Batwoman, because Batwoman came back earlier than a lot of things. Um, and that show is all right. There's some cool stuff and there's some not great stuff. And that's just, that's just how it's going. I think they're ruining their villain from last season, Alice. And that's, that's okay. Aww. Yeah. That's well, cause, well, cause like they need to make her more likable now because Kate's not around. And like, she's she a villain. Been, right. But like every, everything that was the point of following her as a villain was for her dynamic with Kate. And now that Kate isn't on the show, her mission has become to find Kate because she doesn't believe that Kate is dead. But that means that you have to follow her. So you have to kind of enjoy following her in yeah. a way that isn't just watching this villain do things. Yeah, yeah. So they're like kind of shifting and giving her this whole backstory that we didn't know about before. That's like filling in the gap between the backstory we did know in modern day that like you kind of don't see how it could have existed before. But here it is. Retcons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so doing that. Uh, Flash is right around the corner, so I'll be I'll be catching up on that. Still catching up on Black Lightning. Uh, <sighs> night and day difference, guys. Like I don't even feel like I'm watching a CW show when I watch Black Lightning. Um, it's it's a very similar experience to watching Superman and Lois. You guys watch some of Black Lightning in its first season. Yeah. Uh, that that show continues to just have like an energy to it that is just not the same. Mm -hmm. Um. It, it, it clearly thought about in different ways. It's 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 crazy. Uh, still watching Gilmore Girls. I'm on the last season of the original run. Um, season six is the worst season. One hundred percent. Characters are stupid. Oh. Characters are still pretty stupid. Um, that show that show tanked hard in its last years. Clearly, uh, threw a lot of character development out the window. But I'm getting through. There's still there's still nice things, but I will not say it's not a slog right now. It's getting rocky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was finishing season six was a slog. Uh, season seven has started to uptick a little bit, but season six was a slog. I forgot something I did real quick. Go ahead. Because I was knee deep in Justice League nonsense, uh, I watched because of HBO Max. Uh, I watched two episodes of Superman the Animated Series, the two part episode Apocalypse Now, but Apocalypse referencing Darkseid. Uh, Orion is so cool, you guys. Please get Orion in the DC universe. He's got a stupid chair thing he flies in on. Uh, I love it. Sorry, that's it. No, it's cool. Um, Doctor Stone. Watch some more Doctor Stone. I, I can't praise that anime enough. It might be the best uh, shonen form anime on television right now that isn't My Hero Academia. Um, I, I highly sing its praises. I really hope at least one person in particular starts watching it. Uh, I don't know who you're talking about. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, super great. Really enjoying it. Quality, top notch. Um, 
Fortnite uh, is cool. It is. We got uh, another person, Pi, friend of the podcast, Pi. Pi has <laughs> now joined Fortnite. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> we're just we're just roping people in at this point. <laughs> um, that that game is cool. That game Join is cool. Join us. But you know what, Brandon and I did a bunch. We did a bunch of Fall Guys because Fall Guys season four came out this week, and yo, this is the best season of Fall Guys ever. Ooh. Um, this is it's uh neon colors for a lot of the maps. It's futuristic setting. Uh, they've introduced squad shows. Squad shows are where you and three other people you're all on a team and you win or lose together. Okay. <sighs> Having a great time. made all the difference for me. Uh, yeah, having a great time with it. Uh, Brandon, do you want to talk about that at all? Uh, sure. Yeah, I, I, I'm a huge fan of sci-fi. And like, like I said, the squad shows thing is the highlight for me because like now I'm like super invested in, uh, in my friends doing well in the, in the matches. Um, you know, we are all trying together and I think it just brings a whole new energy to the, to the game that wasn't present before. Uh, right. and I think that really helps a lot. I agree. It's a, it's a nice variation that it might... keeps it from feeling as, as stagnant like i like playing fall guys but certainly after a while unless you've got new friends coming on to inject new energy into yeah. it uh, and watch them play or play with you you uh it gets it gets stagnant after a while but the squad shows especially when you have a full team of four like y'all y'all can co- team coordinate your skins mm-hmm. yeah and you go in and you're like we're all the krampuses and we're just gonna, <laughs> we're gonna dominate beat the crocodiles and Stuff like that. That might um, get me back in. It's a good I, I, I got I got kind of tired of that game a little bit. Uh, it's, I, 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 we both got the new Godzilla skin, the Burning Godzilla skin. You, yeah, Burning Godzilla skin came out this week. Um, there's Among Us skins now. Uh, you you dropped off so long ago at this point. There's so much new material. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I think that you like would feel a lot of refreshment coming to it at this point. Oh, I believe. Um, it. I don't know how long it would keep you around, but it certainly would would hook you for a bit. Mm-hmm. I do uh, like the aesthetic of, of season four. I love like the, the the black, the neon. It kind of feels like you you're stepping into a, a a real '80s retro arcade with all the black lights and the neon, and it's like it's like part '80s arcade, part synth music, and also part laser tag arena. Yeah, uh, I I agree. Um, it's my favorite. It's my favorite thing they've done in Fall Guys. So far. Oh, yeah, it is colorful for sure. Yeah. Um, we all watched the cartoon. Uh, there's a voice on there, Jason Manzukis. He's also a voice on Close Enough, which is another cartoon that I watched some episodes of this week. Uh, Close Enough still continues to be great. Uh, I think the season so far is actually, for the most part, stronger than the first season, but uh, I like both. Um, love that show. Uh, you and I watched the South Park vaccination special. Oh, right. The latest South Park. Oh, adventure. you guys saw that too? Like a year yeah. ago. Who uh, boy. Let's... Uh, Man, just sticking it, sticking it to the moment. They That's still, South Park. They still know how to just rough, ruffle jimmies. Is that the phrase? Ruffle yeah. everybody's jimmies, no matter whose side you're on. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I haven't watched like South Park in a long time. Like I was a huge fan, and then just I got older, and just, you know, it's not like I dislike. It, I just stopped watching it. But uh, I watched the pandemic special with you last year, and now enough time has passed. There's a vaccination special, and I'm like, they still got it. Like they're still really funny. They're still like insanely provocative and like makes people mad on purpose um but like they they do that really well so brandon the bit from that that i because i i don't expect you to watch it but the thing part of it i think you'd really like is uh they do a gag throughout where all the old people are getting vaccinated before everyone else and all everyone else wants to get vaccinated so the old people run the town 
while everyone else has to stay inside. So they'll just be out doing wheelies and vehicles. They're and doing stuff. donuts. And yeah, stuff. doing donuts and stuff. And they're like, darn old people, stop having fun. <laughs> like it's <laughs> And then when everyone gets vaccinated at the end, they're like, all right, they send them all back to their time home. The world is ours again. Get out of here. It's a good game. All the fun stuff, places are ours again. Go back to Tarmo. They're like, oh. No, I freaking love the bit in the vaccination special. It's the very beginning of the episode where Mr. Mackey and the woodshop teacher are trying to go get vaccinated. And they're going in front of a Walgreens and there's a line outside the door and there's a bouncer and you can hear club music coming from inside the Walgreens. <laughs> Walgreens is the hottest exclusive place. No one can get in unless you're on the list. Yep. And of course, the old lady comes in and they're like, oh, she goes, 79 bitches and flips them all off. Yeah. that's It's it's surprising literally after like 20 years. Like, yeah, they're still funny. Yeah. They still got it. Um, I also watched The Good and the Bad and the Weird Mm -hmm. with Ryan. That's that's an awesome film. Mm -hmm. Um, Loved it. Loved it. I'm glad. Gonna buy it. Loved it. You know what's funny is I own that movie, but if you open up the my disc case, it's empty, so I don't own it anymore. Where'd it go? <laughs> Who knows, Brandon? <laughs> I bought that thing like 10 years ago. That thing could have been missing for literally 10 years. Who knows? It, it fell in the void. That's what it's happened. Wrong. It fell into the void, never to be seen again. It's probably uh, like in my old PlayStation 2 that's in a dumpster somewhere. I absolutely re- recommend it. There are some awesome stars you've seen in other Korean films in it. Uh, one in particular who is in a bit role in this one, is uh, going to be our own Hercules in Eternals. He's going to be Gilgamesh. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, he's a much larger role in Train to Busan, but this was this was years before that. Yeah. And so he's uh, he's almost unrecognizable, but I caught it. And I was like, oh, it's him, it's him. Uh, yeah, good, good shit, guys, good shit. Um, some of the coolest uh, visuals to soundtrack and probably one of the longest form horse chases i've ever seen across the desert i can't even imagine like filming oh, that scene. yeah i love a good horse chase so much you you would like this movie I'm let me sure tell you right now brandon even the horse chase aside you would like this movie um, i've got a lot of movies i'm gonna watch this week and putting it on my list uh the main yeah. character is the um the dad from the host mm-hmm. yeah yep. oh yeah cool yeah also um, a parasite yeah oh um we watched Falcon and Winter Soldier. We had a discussion about it. It's a great oh, discussion. Yeah. You can watch that episode later this week, uh, starting tomorrow. Um, I watched Godzilla King of the Monsters. That's a movie. Uh, this is the first time I watched it since theaters. I am much more positive on that movie right now. Um, I think that the story is better than I was willing to see when I saw it. I think maybe, it, maybe expectations got in the way. I don't know. Um, maybe I just got too focused on the visuals and didn't think about it, but the story is actually hits just right, especially for people who are fans of just the Godzilla mythos that it's playing with. I forgot how many pulls to like the old stuff it's really doing. Um, and the story is actually solid and, and it works and it's, it's both the, the right amount of weird and the right amount of grounded. I like the story, the characters, there's still plenty of characterization that's underdeveloped. Uh, and I think that really, it's not even so much that there's there's too many underdeveloped characters, but there's just too many characters, uh, too many too many main characters, too many B uh, level characters that we're keeping track of. And I'm like, we could lose this person and develop more one other person. Uh, and I think that's that. Like, even though I like 
everyone in that cast. Uh, this that I this was the first time that I was noticing because I'd never watched 2014 so close mm-hmm. that the admiral from the ship who's working with Sarazawa in the first one is back so frequently in the in oh, King yeah. of the Monsters shared I'd never, universe. I'd never made that connection before, uh, and I'm like, oh, that's really nice to have that dude. Um, the guy, the soldier who's constantly with Ice Cube's son is uh, the young uh, man from Hamilton who plays Hamilton's son uh, in the Broadway musical and never caught that one before either. Moon in, um, in the Heights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a great cast. Uh, I just don't think we need all of them. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it just, it hit better for me this time. Um, and it didn't hurt that I was watching it in beautiful 4K on my <laughs> PS5. But uh, I was happier overall. Just positive experience. Um, so what's next in your marathon? Little... No, that's it. No, there's got to be one more, right? No, that's it. We, ha- we have to watch another movie at the same day because we've done this three weeks in a row now. I mean, I mean, we'll watch Godzilla vs. Kong. Oh, you're but, right. But this was a marathon to get to that. So, um, wow. uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales. I got to play some more of it. Uh, that's a great game. Yeah, it is. I can't, same stuff I said last week. That's a great game. I'm taking notes. We'll do a conversation someday. Uh, lastly, I want to talk about... I read Alien. Oh. Uh, and I did not like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Marvel Comics um, this week. Uh, first off, the art is bad. Um, the art from Salvador La Roca is really phoned in uh, throughout this one. Uh, everything everyone's saying about the aliens is so true. There's there's just no dynamic energy to any of the paneling that involves them, and they're in it very little uh, in this first issue. To be to be frank, which isn't a problem, but the fact that when they're there, they don't look good is all the more like you only had to show them like three times, and they don't look great. Um, and then uh, the people look really plasticky in a weird way. Um, the story is hard for me to invest in or care about at this moment um i don't like the main character off the bat that we're following and that's not a good start so there you there it is uh uh yeah sorry don't want it on downer but that's it um <laughs> i do, i i don't think i'll be following uh alien for a while uh mm-hmm. maybe at a later date if i hear some good stuff predator out. coming out May. oh let me uh so so we talked about we've talked about a little bit that there's this imagery of this queen of some sort who's much more humanoid something we've never seen before mm-hmm. um that's still completely unclear nobody knows what that is uh, <laughs> we'll find out yeah yeah that's interesting that's uh that's all from did you read it brandon do you want to say anything about it i did i'll say it when i talk about my week Oh, okay, okay. Well, why don't you go next? Because he's done. Yeah, he All right. Um, okay, so uh, let me start with Alien then, because I, I also read Alien. Um, I'm actually going to go backwards because because I did two things that Sparks did this week. Oh. Um, uh, yeah. So I, I did read I did read Alien. Completely agree. With everything Sparks said. Uh, the art is a huge problem in the in the book, and it, the writing is fine enough that I said I'd give it a second issue. I, you know, what's so hard is it's just, I'm thinking back to like the, the, like the alien comics I've done some reading of on my own. And like when we did the book club and I'm like, this just isn't even close up the bar. Yeah. It just isn't even close to that level of, of compelling, uh, in art and in story. And I'm like, that's, 
you're not selling me and you had to make this one big yeah this was kind of the the one that because this would be the first alien ongoing they've had in a very long time um Mm -hmm. i actually don't know if dark horse did ongoings i think they just did a bunch of minis I don't know, yeah, at, uh, at least think, for a while. I think yeah. with Alien, I think with Alien, that's true. I think Predator had a brief ongoing, but I'm pretty sure Alien only ever had single series. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I haven't read, I didn't read a lot of that Dark Horse stuff, so I can't say for sure. But that's what I, that's what I think from cursory glance. Which honestly makes sense because you can only, you can't drag Xenomorph stuff out for yeah. months. Uh, like it will get old. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we've we've talked about it when we talked about the the predator films i believe when we saw when we said like the predator mythos is far more interesting than the xenomorph mythos 100 percent. there's more to chew on there yeah um which is why i'm more excited for the new predator same also again because like at the end of the day the xenomorph it's just like an animal it's just a really angry animal it's not a a humanoid well it's humanoid but it's not a person with like like a personality and like the predator is like a like a person and it's just it's just like an evil evil dog with acid like you know Evil dog of acid. I like that. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't want to talk to her. Um, I so I, I picked it up. I picked up actually uh, three variants with it too. That I posted them on on Instagram. The gorgeous variants. Um, yeah, some of those variants were were really great. Yeah, um, and then I read the issue, and like I said, like uh, the 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 photoshopping of the toys, the plastic men, uh, really just detracts so much from that book. Making the main character look like yourself as the artist. Yeah. Um, so, in reference, because the last book he did was Doctor Doom. Yeah. And you would agree, Doctor Doom does not look this bad, right? No, it doesn't. And it's a thing where Salvador Larocca, he's been a comic artist for 25 years. He's maybe the master of deadlines. And for unfortunately, for a lot of comics, if you're good at deadlines, that supersedes you being good at art. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes he's really good, like on Doctor Doom. And then sometimes, like, again, it's Alien number one, though. Like, how do you that's, how do you rush that's this one? That's kind of my thing. Is that I'm like, I could understand this this at like Alien eight yeah or ten but yeah. this is alien number one this should have been this is what you're trying to sell me on this is what you're trying to hook a reader in for a while on and i found it severely lacking for yeah. a number one That's i even i don't mind like the storytelling aspect of keeping the aliens at bay it does place it in a very interesting place in canon because it's after alien three um oh. like a couple years after alien three and so oh, before canon? Like, resurrection... Ripley... yeah Ripley... oh okay they reference they there's a bit where it's like in this year we did this and it's alien and this year we did this it's aliens and then this year we did this is alien three gotcha um, uh, and so go ahead sparks i was i was just gonna say that like uh they go to earth and earth is just underwhelming is it just yeah earth? yeah it's Aww. just earth. um there's nothing there's nothing particularly I, like you don't go many places but it's like there's nothing to indicate any particular kind of decision about setting or anything if anything earth seems too stable um i'll I'll tell you this like the main character he's he has a therapist uh that is bishop up in space and he gets sent home to earth Mm -hmm. and on earth they upload the memories of that bishop into another bishop so that's how well things are going there that it's just like yeah go into this therapy office it's just like it's just a it looks like the same kind of therapy office i'd walk into today yeah it doesn't even look like the future that it's supposed to so having so having a set after alien three you know Look, I don't mean to pull cannon on you, but we just watched all six of those films. In Alien Resurrection, it's pretty clear that Ripley wiped out the race. Yeah, I think that's exactly why they went back to three. Oh, like, so said it before, two. There's 50 years there. That's the dream, right? Like, just like, but I I mean, man, 
Yeah, why why do three and not just like I who you know? Well, weird I, weird Disney decisions. I mean, I always assume that the assumption is that there's just more xenomorphs on another planet. Yeah, always. Yeah, um, and, but like tying it so close to the movies because we because there is that line of dialogue in Alien Resurrection does create a continuity issue. So then don't set it close to the movies. Like do something else. Do something like don't worry about it. Yeah, uh, uh, but they just kind of wanted to set it in canon. I don't understand that decision. That's a shame. Yeah. Um, maybe they're hoping for another Star Wars. I don't know. Oh God, no way. It's uh, um, it, yeah. it, it's just, it's just really sad for a launch like this. Yeah. Uh, something that's supposed to be like the new Alien coming from Marvel Comics is the number one. Like this should be the thing that like gets you hype. And I'm like, I barely care. We watched all the movies for it. Yeah, we did. Um, so I'm excited for Predator though. Um, yeah. that has that has been far more interested. Anyway. Honestly, I probably wouldn't have even picked up Alien if we didn't re if we didn't just go through all the movies. I'm in the same boat as you, man. Because um, I wasn't actually that interested in it, but like I was like, you know what? I, I did just I'll go through the movies. Right now, was, but... I'll tell you right now, I would have picked it up because it's a number one. Yeah, and like it's yeah. got a nice cover, so I probably would have picked it up either way. But I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't have read it this week. But I was like, I'm in the Alien mode, so let me see if this was worth it. And sadly, I right now I don't feel like it was. Yeah. yeah. Um, moving on that. Well, just hearing you guys talk about it makes me like, cool, I'm going to be saving some money next time I walk in my comic book store. Yeah. Yes, five bucks. Um, okay, so the other thing I did that Sparks also did is that the same day we watched God's, I watched Godzilla versus, nope, Godzilla King of the Monsters. Yeah. Uh, also, because uh, I'm going through all the movies leading into Godzilla versus Kong. It's still my third favorite of the franchise. I, I still put Kong Skull Island and Godzilla of 2014 above it. Um, but I, I did have a much better time with it this time around. I'd seen it a few times since theaters. Um, honestly, though, at the end of the day, I really don't know how I feel about the movie. Um, it's not even that I think it's like middle of the road fine. It's just there are times where I'm like really into it. And there are times where like I think about it and I'm like, eh. And I don't know why. I've watched it a few times. I should have an opinion. But at the end of the day, I really just don't. It's you know it's funny because I I think I've only seen it the once and I and I didn't particularly care for it um, because like like Godzilla twenty fourteen like for me there wasn't enough Godzilla and I didn't like the human so then I go to this one and there's so much more Godzilla and there's so many more humans you think I'd like but I still don't like any of the humans but I like the Godzilla stuff and it's like I, but see I don't really like the Godzilla stuff all that much because of because of all the CGI smoke and and fire and storms and things it feels yeah, really yeah. cluttered to me like a really like it's not it, it, to me it's not very it's not well framed so it's hard for me to care about it for me i guess i'm just trying to figure out why is skull island so effing good and the other <laughs> skull two island is really That's good i'm trying to figure out in my brain because i have two godzilla movies that are doing two different things and i don't really like either of them but yeah. skull island is like a sweet middle and i don't and i just don't know why um as far as king of the monsters like something that i i would say is I found way more of the human characters likable this this time. Like, I like Millie Bobby Brown's character. Sure. I like Bradley Whitford's character. Mm-hmm. Um, I love so Bradley much. Whitford's character. I think we could have traded out Thomas Milditch entirely and kept Bradley Whitford. Yeah. I think that they're both serving similar purposes, and Bradley Whitford is the superior. What about one. Kyle Chandler playing the great-grandson of the same character from me that he played in King Kong? Oh, yeah, I remember that. Oh, yeah, he's in that movie. <laughs> um, I... I just, uh, Kyle Chandler actually really worked for me as a grounding basis, especially like maybe I was just like 
hooking into every little detail of it more this time. Yeah. But the notion of him like being the character who turns around from Godzilla should be killed all the way to Godzilla. We should help Godzilla because Godzilla is yeah. going to protect us yeah, kind yeah. of thing was really nice, especially. So here's the key thing, I think, that really sold me on King of the Monsters this time. Sarazawa's arc has never been so clear to me before as it was this time. And I'm talking comic to, to 2014 to this movie is a yeah. three part story with Sarazawa, with him in the watch, with mm -hmm. his history, with all of this, all the way up to the moment when he in a poetic reversal of the original film is there with Godzilla to revive him rather than kill him. And I'm like, you know, that alone kind of sells me. <laughs> like Sarazawa yeah. was a really solid character through this. Uh, and I like his representation and I like how, how that, that thematically crosses over. Give me the Sirazawa cut and cut half the characters in 30 minutes from the movie. And yeah. I might like it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. There's things that I really like about the movie. Like I love, love, love the Rodan chase sequence that hits all of my buttons. The music is great. It's a cool, it's a cool air chase. And Bradley Whitford is just yelling nonsense. That makes no sense. And you're like, yeah, let's go. Uh, like Rodan flapping his wings and like leveling cities is like like just objectively really cool. Like yeah. I just don't know how you don't think that's cool. I think that's wild. I think that yeah, all the monster stuff. Like I do agree they do object uh, object a lot of it, like these smoke and mirrors and stuff. But like you still, there's no movie like it that has like this much monster fighting. Um, and for that, like I do give her credit. But like I just there's so many characters, and when you have that many, they not all of them get developed, and like it's just hard for me. To, to care about one when you're trying to do so much stuff you know yeah. the I think, other I, thing i wanted to say real quickly sorry sparks is that yeah. um i i really love the mythology it builds in that movie mm -hmm. i think that that's a strength that that film has uh building off of 2014 uh really just like fleshing out the mythology of the, of the titans uh the the monarch being named after mothra uh is still one of my favorite things yeah uh like the the fact that that was there and i was always like they pick monarch for a reason mm -hmm. and the way they pay that off with the history of the twins generationally i'm like it's it's just it's so it's too small in the movie i wish the twins were more front and center that's yeah. probably one of my biggest things is i wish that the twins were a more front and center element because they have the cultural touchstone tied to mothra to her history to the history of the titans all of the good information about them comes out of the voice of one of the, one of the sisters. Yeah. And I wish that that was more in there. Um, it's also really nice. I like it every time, but the, the having Brooks, the older version of Brooks there from Kong skull Island is nice. Oh, you mean Joe Morton? Yeah. From, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, from Terminator two. And yeah. Lee? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen that guy showed up so much recently. It's like, man, that guy's acting. He's it's just, it's just nice. Like, you know, when you're, when you're really steeped in it and you're watching them all oh, and yeah. reading the comics back to back and you're like, ah, uh, yeah, <laughs> good job. That is cool. Yeah. It's a, I, I will say like, I was thinking this while I was watching it and uh, maybe this is a longer discussion I'll have when we watch Godzilla versus Kong next week. But, um, I think that so far the MonsterVerse is very, very good at yes and. Yeah. Which is something that, uh, like, the, the most recent Star Wars trilogy is something that I constantly will say they, they're very, very bad at. But, like, you get the different directors in, and they're all just like, right, take this, and here we and go. And we're gonna, we're gonna build it all, and we're gonna build this whole foundation and everything in yeah. the MonsterVerse, and I, and I think they all do a great job of taking the bare bones from the previous film and just laying out more. Uh, one thing, uh, we haven't talked about the villains of the movie, and I think that's apt because I don't think they're very good. 
as much as I love Tywin Lannister, even he can't save a movie. Um, man, those rumors are getting hotter, and I don't know if it's because people have seen the movie, but people still think he's Tom Hiddleston gone bad as an adult, as a as an old man. A different name. He, you could fake a name. I don't know. I feel like they would have told us in King of the Monsters that that were the case. I feel like Kong's the Kong's Island, Godzilla Kong is gonna make the because I do agree with the big mythology stuff. I want the movies to still get weirder. Like Me they're too. not, they're not. I don't think they're gonna do aliens, but like him being like, oh, tr- sorry, but I meant like UF, like UFOs, like like people like. Yeah, that. I know. I want. That's what I mean. So bad. That's what I mean. Like that's like Ghidorah being like from space. That it's, he, he's still a monster. Godzilla and him are basically the same thing in my case. You know what I mean? I mean, like, you know what's from space? I was hoping for a space Godzilla. Not for the first movie. No, no, not, not the first movie, but like something or leading to space Godzilla. There's so many, there's so many pieces that gotta fit before yeah. you get to space Godzilla. Endgame, baby, you can't start. You can't Justice League that. You have. You to need put, to. You need to introduce Batra. Hey, back in space. <laughs> yeah, that that'd be cool, but you gotta get to. A, you gotta jump a lot of steps before you get there. Gotta connect Godzilla before we can send them to the space. Like we gotta. We yeah, have an order not, of operations. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, there's there, it's it's worth a rewatch. I think on some levels, um, I think there's a lot of good there. Uh, overall, like maybe it's just also I've seen a lot of uh, worse films, and I'm putting it in a different oh, perspective yeah. where I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know, there's a lot more working for this than isn't working for this. Yeah. Um, I will say that I think that the crucial part that doesn't work about the film, I, I just remembered, is uh, is Vera Farmiga's character not uh, her turn away from her ideology is only grounded in the sense of I want to save my daughter, not. Oh, I recognize I was wrong, and Ghidorah's from a different ecosystem, and therefore my plan was bad. Mm. Um, that really never hits a full turn, uh, and that's why I think that that villain arc kind of goes. Yeah, I want oh, the last thing. The last thing I want to say about it is that because um, I think Sparks, you said most of everything I would say, um, is that I think it works that Ghidorah is a space alien far better than it should in king of the monsters because that's a silly concept that they no, were just like he's I also a silly concept. i i i totally forgot like a, a month went by after we saw the movie and i totally forgot that the whole point was that their plan was that oh we're gonna unleash the monsters in our way and we'll have control of them with the orca and then Ghidorah was able to ignore it and he was repurposing everything on his own because he was an alien and they didn't account for that yeah. and i forgot that that was like the whole focal point of why the plan fell apart and why they screwed up and i'm like oh yeah but but see ryan what i was saying was that it's not silly in the movie it's a silly concept from the original movies but they make it work in a more grounded way oh yeah like i could buy that godzilla 2014 grounded as it is went into 20 to to uh king of the monsters and fought a space alien yeah and that's not that's not a hard jump for me to make in that i gotcha I, I see what you mean, yeah. Uh, I think once you start bringing in, like, the Mothra twins, like, you're just going down a silly rabbit hole that, like, you like you just have to accept because that's the nature also, of it. Also, what, what a great grounded way to bring in the Mothra twins. Um, <laughs> not having them be in the fairies, you have them just be these people who've worked for Monarch and the t- generational twins and have this ancient connection. Like, that's so cool. I wish there was more God, of it. I'm so sorry that we're still tangenting on this, <laughs> but the one other thing that I totally blanked on, because they brush by it so fast, is that the reason why they think their plan is the right way to go and is important is because the devastation in San Francisco and Las Vegas is regrowing nature because mm-hmm. of the radiation from the Titans. But they clip by that so fast that it's like, it makes it just seem like you're crazy. Why would you only, and I'm like, there's actually, 
that's really good evidence of like a solid at least concept of maybe like one titan into this one area when we've evacuated people so we can like rebuild some nature shit that we've ruined uh is that rushed by Ver way too Vera fast. from megas when she's giving her speech, when she's giving and, her speech. Then she, and she puts in the usb uh, uh tv profile thing yeah, yeah okay um okay that's all i want to say on that one we've transited on that long enough Check out um, next week for when we talk about a big monster movie. Uh, so I started. So I started watching Dota: Dragon's Blood. Uh, oh. The first season dropped on Netflix. I only watched the first three episodes. Really like it. Cool. I think that's a really cool fantasy series. Studio Mirror is just great, and it just great animation all the time. So that's 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 a huge plus there. Wow. Um, the voice acting is really cool. Yuri Lowenthal is the main character. He was Peter Parker in uh, Spider-Man PS4. Um. And I just think it's a really cool fantasy series. I know nothing about the game, so I have no idea how accurate it is, but I thought it was a really fun, really cool action series. Well-written. Uh, yeah, I had no uh, lickety-split about that weird universe that's an offshoot of the Warcraft universe. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that... Uh, it seems to be getting like, a, lot of, a lot of praise. Because it's like, yeah, if you, you don't need to know anything. Just jump in and have fun. And I'm like, cool. Can't wait. That was really nice that they, you know, they introduced elements so, so like so so well that you, you don't you're not lost you're like this is a world i'm totally invested in did you um, watch the whole series just the first three episodes there's eight okay total. okay sorry yeah so this is all coming from just the first three episodes to clarify um but i can't imagine it changes dramatically in episode five yeah um anyway uh i want to say a couple words about a show i've been watching for so long uh i think before the, since before the podcast um i've been watching a show called superstore um, which is an NBC uh, comedy series starring Vera, uh, not Vera Farmiga, uh, America Ferrera. Yeah, America Ferrera. Yeah. Uh, she, yeah, you know, set in this like big box store, like a Target, like Walmart, and it's about these the, the people who work there. Um, I've been watching it for a number of years. Uh, just kind of, I like it, and I just it's on every every Thursday, so I just watch it. Um, and then the last season was airing. It's season six, I believe, and. It's set during the pandemic and America Ferrera left. So it had a lot going against it uh, in the beginning, but I think they pulled it off really well. And then I realized about three episodes from the end that this is the series finale. And I didn't know that initially, but apparently it was announced. Um, so I was like, oh shit, I didn't realize the show was ending. And when it did, I cried. Hmm. It, the ending was really well handled. America Ferrera came back, spoilers. Um, just to kind of send off the show. Um, I, you know, it's, it's interesting how a show sneaks up on you like that. You're just like, you're just constantly watching it, never paying no mind to it. It's just something you put on every Thursday because it's on and you like it. And then like at the end, you're like, Oh no, I'm going to miss this. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought the ending was really cool. And it's a good, it's a great show. Uh, people should check it out. That's awesome. Um, very relatable. Wait, I did watch it. I watched it during Earth 2, when I worked at Earth 2 Comics. So I've been watching it for like six years, guys. Damn. Wow. I've six never brought it up on the show. It does make sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, then I read a bunch of comics. Uh, Barbalian ended this week. Um, this is the Tate Bromble. Um, I hope I pronounced that right. Um, Gabriel Walta uh, spin off of Black Hammer about the Manhunter, the Martian Manhunter equivalent. Uh, Barbalian. Awesome series. Um, probably the best in the Black Hammer universe. Um, one of the best comics. I don't know if I'd be willing to go say that, but it's got a lot of heart. 
in it that really does that really does so much to elevate the story in ways that you don't expect because Tate Rombill is putting so much of his heart and soul pouring it into this weird superhero comic about gay rights about about just what it means to be a person and fighting for that right um it's set during the AIDS crisis awesome book um awesome entry to the Black Hammer universe uh, I just can't praise that book enough um then I read I have it in front of me so I'm gonna say it first before I forget I read a book Godzilla I'm gonna Godzilla kick I don't know if you could tell um, History's Greatest Monster, which um, I have here because I need to pronounce the guy's name, uh, from Dwayne Swarzynski, Yep, I believe. Um, he did the second IDW ongoing series just titled Godzilla. Um, so it's collected in this book, History's Greatest Monster. Um, if you recall, we read the first volume of the first ongoing series by Eric Powell on a book club, Godzilla Kingdom of Monsters. Um, we did that ages ago. And uh, Eric Powell did two volumes of that book and then they canceled it because they kicked him off the book because they wouldn't do what he wanted. So it took me a long time to get to this because I was really hurt by that. Um, years have passed since it's happened, but I'm like, uh, this was incredible. This first of all, this whole series by Eric Powell was super incredible. Uh, one of the, could have been like the best Godzilla thing that come out that, that year, especially. Um, and so I was really bummed about that. But so I, I decided to read the sequel series. Kind of connected, kind of not. Uh, it is definitely a, a reboot uh, start here. Um, some threads tie in. Uh, really fun. It's a really fun Godzilla book uh, about Godzilla destroying cities and then fighting space Godzilla. Ben's favorite monster. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I recommend it if you're a Godzilla fan. It's not going to change the mold, but there's some interesting ideas about just like where the where the monsters came from, how there are supposed to be our protectors. Um, Kamonga rides uh, rides Mechagodzilla, just hitches a ride on Mechagodzilla because they're going to take him to Ghidorah. To, not Ghidorah. Um, oh, yeah. Kaiser Ghidorah is in this. Um, Carpooling. Yeah, no, literally. Like the main character is piloting Mechagodzilla and he's like do you think Kamonga will get on? He's like I hope so and they fly off and Kamonga's just Which one's Kamonga again? The, the spider. spider. Oh okay. Um, yeah it's a fun book. I liked it. I'm going to read uh, Rulers of Earth which is the third and final IDW series this week. That's I the one that fights Zilla right? Yes that's the one that made famous because he fights Zilla. They introduced no, Zilla. Okay, I, I had a complete run of that except for issue two because issue two sold out immediately because, you know, it's the one where he fights Zilla. Everyone wants to see Godzilla fight the American Godzilla. That's the rematch of the century. Yeah. Godzilla and Final Wars. It was, I actually, I enjoyed that book. I enjoyed that book quite a bit. Nice. Sorry. I, didn't, I thought you were going to go longer, so I took a sip. <laughs> I don't I, remember. Year, I think I got rid of the set because it, was it wasn't a complete thing. And I remember liking it, but I guess not enough because I don't think I still have it. I'm pretty sure I don't. I might have called it when I moved. Crap, I don't remember. Oh. See, I should have taken a drink now. Um. <laughs> I think uh, all the IDWs are getting like big compiling reprints too. The miniseries especially, they've gotten two already. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay, that was cool. Um, I watched, I read, I caught up on Detective Comics. I was about six issues behind from before Future State. So it was the Tomasi run. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Tomasi's a really good Batman writer. Um, it's all about how the new mayor is coming into Gotham City um, on an anti-vigilante uh, kick. Hush is the main villain. 
Uh, it's cool. Um, then I been then I read the first issue of the Infinite Frontier Detective Comics run that has Marie, uh, Marika Tamaki, Marika Tamaki, and Dan Mora. Um, that's really good. That's really well written. She writes a damn good Batman. Uh, hey, I love Dan Mora. You know it. Uh, I don't think Batman's ever looked better. Hell yeah. Uh, there's some really cool cool stuff in it. I'm excited for it. Um, you know, it's still the it's still the other Batman book, so Batman will be the lead, and then whatever happens will influence Detective Comics rather than the other way around. So I'm interested to see how they navigate that because some people can't, and they just kind of spin their wheels until they until they take it off the book. So uh, somebody that I really like on Twitter who is reading all the Bat books saying um, it's not gonna it's not being talked about right now. But right now, the Bat books are are the most. Uh, they compare them to Krakoa's X Men, but not in terms of quality, just in terms of, of communication between cohesion. editors. Cohesion. Cohesion. Oh. There there are like nine Bat books happening, um, but apparently, like everyone's working together, and like all the stuff is flowing really well together. And they're saying like, if you like Batman, now's a bet. Now's the best time to read it. And like, I was a little, I was a little cold on uh, uh, Tinian's Batman run. Apparently, like it's incredible now. Like he finally got like the training wheels off, and he can do what he wants. And people so love they it. do. They do a really interesting thing. I only know of it because I, I didn't read it, but uh, so I, I know of it because of what happened. But Bruce Wayne's not rich anymore. He's dealing. Yeah. He's like in. He's in Gotham City. He's trying to make these do-it-yourself bat caves in the sewers. Yeah, um, and that creates a really interesting dynamic that I didn't think they would mind so much uh, already. Yeah, um, I, I I like stopped like right as, as that stuff was happening because I just didn't dig the first arc. Yeah. I thought it was too far, too like generic. Um, but like it's people seem to really be responding, and I might give it a chance because like I like reading Batman, and I'm not. Um, Sparks. I was just gonna say I can't afford to jump back in. I can't. Books, I, I'm probably not going to. I just really but, want to. But at a later date, it'll be cool to catch up. Yeah. Batman doesn't need my help, so it'll be there. Exactly. I read Harley Quinn, the Infinite Frontier Harley Quinn book by Stephanie Phillips. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was all right. I'm not sure if it's exactly what I expected or wanted. Um, I'm willing to give it the long haul because, um, I think this has the potential to be what we want what we've seen from the harley quinn show like in comic book form um i hope that's the case i think it's got the potential hopefully it you know carries off yeah i'm excited to read that one Uh, i have it so you can check it out good and then i read batman Mm -hmm. superman which was the best thing i read this week outside of barbarian um batman superman the infinite frontier by gene yang that outside of having like my favorite design my favorite modern design of superman um, it's so funny. It's so inventive. Uh, so it's two stories, a bat, a, a Superman story and a Batman story, and they run concurrently and you can read the Superman story or you can read the Batman story or go back and read the other, or you can read them both at the same time. It doesn't matter. Um, and the way they interweave those stories together. Um, one story is Superman in a world where Batman wasn't created. And the other story is Batman and the story where Superman hasn't been created um super inventive awesome book uh i cannot sing his praises we all love gene yang mm-hmm. so like there you go like it's, it's an awesome book i really liked it ben um pro- i didn't do a whole lot this week so i'm probably gonna be like pretty short um reading wise i would say you're about like a, like a six foot six one i was gonna say six two i am six two thank you brandon uh, re- reading wise, uh, I actually been reading this every night before I go to bed. It's called uh, Retro Gaming: A Bite-Sized History of Video Games by uh, Mike Diver. 
Um, it really is. Um, I, it really is short. It's um, each chapter is only like five or seven pages long. It's in, and there's like little interludes in between the chapters here and there. Like, hey, here's some consoles that you probably never heard of before. Here's some, uh, here's some animal mascots that you may remember, like uh, Bubsy. Like they do a like, tiny little blur. Was like, hey, here's like you know about Sonic and Crash Bandicoot, but here's a few other mascots that tried but never became as big as Sonic, Crash, and and the like. So it's really awesome. I really enjoy it. I'm almost done with it. I actually reached out to the author on a Twitter to see if he'll come on an episode of of Pause Menu because I really want to talk to him about this because I really dig it. Nice. Yeah. So besides that, uh, speaking of Pause Menu, I recorded a new episode with a one half of the members of. The Retro Blast podcast, Mike, uh, well, not Mike, uh, Pat, Patrick, uh, I'm totally blanking on his last name. I think it's Brickwell or Brickhole. Patrick, if you're watching, I'm sorry. <laughs> but he and I uh, sat down, it was just the two of us, and we talked for like hour 40 minutes, and it was awesome. Can't wait for that to come up on uh, this channel and on the audio, audio feed. Yeah, uh, I'll put it up when I'm damn good and ready, sir. Okay. And by that, I mean whenever you want it up. <laughs> all right uh oh one of the games i finally started i got a few i got like two weeks ago haven't put it in i finally put it in this week hades the hype oh. is real hades is really freaking good I, yeah i played i started playing it when i came home from work one night because i had a really shitty day at work that day and i was like i need to play something to get my mind off of things and then i popped in hades i'm like okay let's see how it goes i got to megara the, the first time i got to megara she kicked my ass Second time I got to her, I finally beat her. I'm like, cool. Hopefully I don't have to fight her again. Spoilers, you have to fight her again. Like, if you die in the next world and you go back and you have to fight your way all the way to the next uh, world of Tartarus, you have to fight, you have to go through her again. Welcome to, welcome to Roguelikes. That's, yep. that's what those games are. Uh, and actually, the whole time I'm playing it, I was actually thinking of Brandon and Sparks because they're the big Greek mythology nerds. And as I'm playing it, like, I'm not an actual Greek fan. All right. Like, I didn't grow up loving it as well. How dare you? Well, do you, do you have a show called Mythalanius? Yes, it's on this channel. You all have it. It's everyone's show. <laughs> you know what I mean. Ryan, yeah, Ryan welcome I... on it, whatever he wants. I was yeah. already on it. Oh, yeah, Ryan was already on it. <laughs> you guys are silly. Ben, continue. <laughs> no, as I'm playing through it, because, I mean, yes, you have Hades, you have Zeus, and you have a bunch of the uh, Greek uh, pantheon giving you blessings and helping you out. But I love the I love the banter between um, Zagreus, the main character, the person you play, who's trying to bust his way out of hell, talking to Nyx, who's his surrogate mom. Cause, and, as, and the story isn't, like, thrown at you at, in the very beginning. You have to, as you go through Tartarus, and as you keep dying, coming back to the House of Hades, going through, back through Tartarus, and then Asphodel, and then the last world, which I don't know where that is, because I'm not there yet. Um, each time you go through, Hades is always, like, very snarky. He's like, you gotta give up this time? You should. You're never gonna make it out of here, dude. Then you got Hypno, who's always, like, who always has a snarky comment on how you died. Yeah. Like you, can, if you died by um, an acidel, which is like the fire and brimstone, like kind of like actual hell, it's uh, there's these little these bomber. I don't know what I can't remember what they're called, but there's these these enemies that throw bombs at you, and after you kill one, a bomb will just jump up in the air and land where the where the thing died. So if you're standing in the vicinity of where you killed that last enemy, you're gonna get hit by that bomb, and I died by that. After I saw, I was like, hey, something's flying out of the air. Oh shit! And then I died. 
uh, Hades has big time <laughs> in Yama energy. He's oh, just yes. constantly sitting oh, behind yeah. him paperwork, and he's always like, murder, murder, <laughs> like every time. That is so correct. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And one of the best features of the game, you can pet Cerberus. I was literally about to ask, if you don't pet that dog every time you see him, you're a monster. Oh, I pet, I pet that dog every time I see him. Every time I see him, I give him pets. He's so cute. I even gave him Nectar of the Gods once, and he gave me his collar and grants me uh, like extra health every time I go into the dungeon. But I can only cook one at a time, which bums me out. Love it. Uh, yeah, Hades is really great. Hype is real. Um, I'm kind of I'm not bummed that I waited this long because I like having my games uh, physical. So when they came out, when the physical release came out, I had to get it. I got it. I'm glad I did, and I'm probably gonna be playing it more tonight. Huzzah. Yeah. Nice. Besides, yeah. Besides Hades, more Super Mario 3D World. That's an awesome game. Absolutely love playing that. And I oh I finished Star Trek Lower Decks. That show is great. Nice. Yeah, I, is. No, I literally finished it right before we started recording this. Nice. Yeah. So right when uh I think right when uh Brandon you said you were watching an episode of uh, Nailed It. That's when I finished watching Lower Decks. Oh yeah, I watched the first episode of season five and nailed it. That show's still funny. Yeah. That's a cooking show. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Lower Decks. Uh, is they great. had a Greek mythology episode actually. The first episode was a Greek mythology episode. I don't like Greek mythology. I'm never going to watch it. Sorry, you're right. What was I thought? What was I thinking? Not versed in that at all. No. Anyway, <laughs> that's a joke that's going to be biting me in the ass for the rest of my life. Not at all, Ben. I'm just joking. Just yeah. the rest of tonight. Yeah. Uh, we'll forget it next week. Don't worry. Yeah, Lord X. Can't wait to season two. I'm probably just going to do a, like a one week free trial for Paramount Plus again for uh, once season two of Lord X comes out, and I'll just binge that and then just call it a day. This year, supposedly. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's my week. That's all I did. All right. Shall we get into our it's almost it's almost redemption for screwing up the opening. <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> if this is the audio thing? It went perfectly. Uh let's be honest, I'll forget to edit out of the audio. <laughs> all right. Uh we got some sad news to start up up top. Um a couple of uh a couple of people passed away. Uh George Segal. Um, who most recently has been on the Goldbergs uh, for many seasons, um, but long history in Hollywood. Great actor. He passed away this week at the age of 87. Yeah. Oh my God, this guy was in so much stuff. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Oh man. Um, Just shoot me. Long, long yeah. life, good body of work. Oh yeah, television, like, oh, like royalty, dude. He was in so much stuff. Yeah, uh, I think he's Oscar nominated also. Like he was in, he was in movies. Um, not 100% sure, but hey, he's, he's gone. So let's say yes. Yes, Oscar-nominated George. Thank you. And then we also lost Jessica Walter, um, mm-hmm. Arrested Developments, Archer. Um, she passed away this week at the age of 80. A long career in, in not even comedy, which is great because mm-hmm. Arrested Development is her, is awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the one-two punch of Archer and, and Arrested Development the past 20 years is cemented like... Cemented her. Cemented her. Is like, again, like she, she, she isn't like her past isn't just comedy but like she's become a comedy icon yeah um she her, it's, it's she, been very impressive to see all the people on twitter discovering her length of her career me uh and how far back it went and all the stuff she's done we got a friend real quickly downright nerdy says hi everybody hello downright nerdy uh hello, friends. welcome back downright nerdy podcast they are <laughs> they're putting out episodes again finally yeah. returned about um, damn time yeah, just uh, uh, Lucille Bluth is my favorite character on Arrested Development. Uh, she was Granny Goodness in the Harley Quinn TV series. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. God. That's right. Yeah. Uh, 
Um, yeah, like looking like uh, being on Twitter and like seeing like all like how, how much stuff she's done over the decades, and it's like, man, she, she she was so beautiful and she stayed beautiful and she's just so funny and it seems like a like a like just a warm soul and it's like that's a shame. Just, Long life. How much is a banana, Michael? What ten dollars? <laughs> Here, see a Star War. <laughs> Here, see a Star War. It's like I love all my children equally. I don't care for Job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, yeah. I like so many Archer clips, so many Arrested Development clips like this week. Like, yeah. yeah. He's a real yeah, one. Unfortunately, I never watched Arrested Development, but I did watch, I want to say about four seasons of Archer, and I mm. freaking love her in Archer. Yeah. Same energy. Same energy just in a spy show. It's the same character. Yeah. It totally is. Um yeah. watch Arrested Development season one through three and ignore the others. What other seasons do you mean? You're right. Uh, all right, we got some Ray Fisher updates. This week, uh, some Ray Fisher things came out. Um, and Sarnoff had some choice words to say about some things this week. Um, most relevant is he spoke against toxic fans. It's like, we have no place for this, where I have no tolerance for, for these types of fans. Um, and then said that Ray Fisher is not under any NDAs that she knows of. Which was interesting, considering that's what that's been his kind of go-to line. Like, I have an NDA, and I can't say this yet. She mm. also put a final nail in the. This was the end of Snyder's trilogy. Yeah, it's the end. Yeah. It's over. Oh yeah, yeah. She said um, we, we're not we're not going forward with this. Which Snyderverse cultists have taken to lambast her for calling them toxic fans? Which is like she didn't say that. She just said toxic fans are an issue, and people who are toxic took that personally. Of course, of course they did. Uh, yeah. Right now, you just pull it up for the for the video listeners. Yeah, Gilmore Girls, they're watching. If yep. you need me to yep. be, those later seasons are rough, my man. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So she. So um, also the the Snyder, the Snyder cut people are review bombing Godzilla vs Kong. Don't do that. Yeah, that's um, dumb. That's real dumb. Anyway, Snyder, so Ray Fish- Snyder cult. I really want to be specific about that because we're talking about two different factions. Because time. I am now team Snyder cut. That is me. Uh, I understand why Ray Fisher is mad. Uh, so it doesn't excuse some of the things he said in the past we've talked about, but like considering he's the star of that movie and he's literally cut to not be in that movie anymore. Uh, I could now totally see why he's doing this because he, oh, he's removed from the justice league movie. Um, do we, is, would you, I haven't seen it. So yeah. would you still, would you argue that it is or is not a stretch to say that it's racially motivated? He is, he, because I mean, that's the argument. He is, he is, I could say, yeah, because they not only cut him so much from the movie, all the other people of color are also cut from the movie and they're all important to the movie. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. I could, after now seeing the movie, they didn't just cut him from the movie. They actively went out of their way to remove him from the movie where it, it ruins the plot. Mm. Uh, so like I, I, they butcher that movie as far as I'm concerned. Um, he said he had, he posted a, uh, uh, Twitter, um, thing, <laughs> yeah. uh, downright nerdies in the chat. Um, <laughs> so he, he talks about, it. I'm not gonna read the whole, whole thing, but he's, he's still, um, talking about, you know, what, what spark said about, uh, racially motivated cuts to justice league. um, Saying that that Walter Armada did invest, did did interfere with the investigation, uh, regard and he doesn't trust the investigator. Um, and he, what was the other thing he said? Um, that's basically that's basically it. And he's talking, about, you know, he said more soon, like you know, he's going to talk about how like 
this is what they found because he needed uh, they need to get all of everyone involved that he's accusing not just joss whedon um oh yeah uh it's it's it we just like almost every week like you know mic micro uh announcements like if, if there isn't an NDA, man, it's like you can just come forward. The movie's out. People are people are more on your side now than ever before. People who weren't on your side are now on your side. Like you, you don't have to. You don't have to. I guess he's just really still scared, but I, I don't think he needs to be anymore. What what was it, was it? Uh, last week we talked about the Ethan Van Skyver things. Um, I forgot to mention that that he called he called uh, uh, Ray Fisher cryborg because of his uh, accusations towards uh, Jeff Johns and everyone, uh, which you know screw him. Also, yeah. just gonna drive that one back in there since from last week. Let's not. I don't want to go on a tirade and make this episode explicit again. Uh, I cut it all out anyway. Oh. Hell yeah! Bleep bleep bleep. Um, um, I just man, if you if we're gonna if we're gonna do this, my guy, it's like the movie's out now. So like now's the time to do to, to say what you need to say. Like please, just just you know, say say what you need to say. I was thinking it. I wasn't gonna do it. That's why I'm here. Um, uh, I do. Bad? I do kind of wish that Ray Fisher were getting on the Zack Snyder boat of separating the the toxicity in the fandom because he's very hashtag restore the Snyderverse. He's been posting a lot of that, and I'm mm. like, can you also at the same time say like the people who are going about it in the toxic and really bad ways, the people who are being flat out racist, mm -hmm. even about you? Mm -hmm. Like, can yeah. you just say that's not who you're for? Hundred uh, percent. Because you've got the megaphone of attention right now. Yeah, I just wish he would do that, and I feel like sometimes like it, it, it's weird because like he is a champion of like racial justice in Hollywood right now is the is the beacon of that, and at the same time I'm like, but but part of the platform that you're using it to stand on is based on people who are racist, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's really strange. Uh, yeah, he, um, I think he didn't want to be seen agreeing with Anne Sarnoff because he's really um he's re he's he's really upset with her and her and her, and her statements about the snyder cut specifically saying that we're not going to go forward with the trilogy mm -hmm. yeah. um that right now to be in a goofball in the comments Love it. <laughs> weird it's an incredible film uh anyway, anyway so anything more to add on that before we move on no i'm just like I, I now that like man that movie's out and like we all understand why he's so mad like just give us more man like we're we're here for you like the longer this goes on, like you you lose a little bit of goodwill here and there, you know. Ooh. Sorry, I pushed the wrong button. All right, anyway. Oh. Um, so we have some uh, delays, some COVID delays, happened this week. Um, Let this be the final delay. Probably Let this be the will final be. Delay. Uh, Black Widow was was pushed from its May seventh release date to July 9th. Not only that, but it's going to have a hybrid release, same as Raya: The Last Dragon. Um, for thirty dollars on premier access to Disney Plus, I would gladly pay thirty dollars now. But by July, I'm not going to have to. Yeah, we'll be vaccinated. I'm going to see this in theaters. Hell yeah, baby! It's good oh, to it. It is good because it's like people will get to see it where the theaters aren't open. Yeah. yeah, some people for some reason they might not be able to get vaccinated in a couple months. I don't know why. Like. Yeah. Not not all states not have all the same opportunity that we do. In Absolutely. California. So like so, uh, cover your bases. People who who, could, who can't leave the home, like everybody wins, and they're probably going to make a lot of money this way too. And not everybody's necessarily going to feel safe, especially because we still don't know entirely how variants are going to affect all the vaccines. True. As they spread. True. true. Yeah, um, which I get my first shot tomorrow. Nice. So 
it took so Black Widow took Shang Chi's date. So Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings has been pushed from its July date to September third, and will be strictly theaters. Holy okay. shit, you guys! We're getting a Marvel TV show like every other month, and we're getting a new Marvel movie like every two months. Because they're not moving Eternals, and that's November. So we got yeah. July, then September, then November, and, and then December. Oh, oh my god, that's too. You know what? Oversaturation, my butthole. <laughs> <laughs> I give it to me. Um, so that's still coming. Uh, Cruella is going to keep its May twenty eighth release date, but it will now be a hybrid release, thirty dollars premier access on Disney mm-hmm. Plus. Okay. Yeah. May, still, still good by then, baby. Yep. Um, I think. I actually assumed that would that would come out on Disney Plus personally. I would I would think so too, but I think now that vaccinations seem to be going well, they're like, oh, if we can squeeze money out of these people, maybe we can. I wonder if Cruella will be our first movie back at theaters. <sighs> April, well, man, if only Mortal Kombat was like a week later, dude, yeah, yeah. It, that could have been it. <laughs> I mean, maybe as a group, but like, yeah, I'm 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 vaccinated. I'm gonna go after I see some friends. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, nice for you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I want to see nobody before it leaves theaters. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah. Um Free Guy um has been pushed from May twenty from its May twenty first first release date to May uh to August thirteenth. So. Oh yeah, that's that Ryan Reynolds movie about the video game. Uh, I was Ben, I was literally just trying to remember what that movie was. I was like, <laughs> movie, for some reason that movie popped in my head the other day. I was like, does that ever come out? Oh, that's right. It was supposed to come out before COVID, and then the COVID thing happened. Yep. The King's Man has been pushed from its August 20th release date to December 22nd. Woo! That that movie, now that's the movie where it's like, is this movie ever gonna freaking December? December? December. When Spider-Man comes out? Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah, look, I'm excited for that movie, but now it's been pushed a year and a half, almost. When did we crazy. see the Brandon? Wasn't on our way to Comic Con three years ago when we first saw the trailer for The King's Man? No, three years no. ago? No, no way. It's been. It was. It was the one. It was the one. I know it was the one trip where we went. It was just you, me, Fanny, and my other roommate, and we only went for the one day. Your memory is a lot better than mine, is my friend. I won't. Be able to corroborate this information. <laughs> um, it's been a very long time. Death on the Nile has been pushed from September 17th to February 11th, 2022. Oh, yeah. There we go. Oh, all the way to next we, year. We got a trailer for that, right? Yeah, we did. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Luca. I am Hercule Poirot, and I will not make my mustache any less silly. <laughs> <laughs> the new Pixar film, Luca. It's going to keep its June 18th release date. However, it will go to a Disney Plus exclusively for no extra charge. What? Wait, what? Yeah, that's a lot of people were kind of iffy on this one because they're like, how come I have to char- pay more? Okay, Black Widow, they understand. But um, no, I'm the opposite though. I'm like, right. why why don't I have to pay for the for the for the Pixar one? Why why are both Pixars getting the shaft? That doesn't make any yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the that's the argument. People are saying, how come Pixar isn't time i'm assuming that's for, for kingsman yeah yeah um, the only theory i have is that they know pixar movies perform well yeah internationally yeah and mm. so they're they're like that's fine like it's it, they do so well internationally they don't need to worry about it it's fine i guess it just it's I, that's that, the only way that yeah. i can square it in my mind is that it's fine if america gets it exclusively for free it's just where corella is they're charging for that 
and they're not going to charge for the Pixar, which seems like the big investment. I get that it's because just weird. because I guess they feel like they don't need the money for it because I I think a lot of people would pay for Luca before they'd pay for some of the others like Raya, um, yeah. and then and I think that's been kind of the thing is that like raya is something where they're nervous about like making the money back all the ones we've had to pay for are ones where they're nervous about making money back but Mm -hmm. they're not nervous about pixar so pixar can be offered for free i don't know it doesn't make a lot of logic to me because to me pixar is like an automatic you get butts and seats because people love them 100 percent. yeah uh yeah I'm, i'm looking at this though and like uh for soul i didn't have to pay i got that i understood that but it's like it's just this one company marvel studios walt disney studios Walt Disney Animation, you got to pay for those. But Pixar, yeah, I'm, no. I'm really bummed that I can't go see Luca in theaters, honestly. That's the thing. They're not even I giving really want a choice. Yeah, yeah I so really weird. want to go see Luca in theaters, and that's not going to happen. And I'm really bummed about it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. I love seeing Pixar movies on the big screen. I yeah. really want to see Luca in theaters, too. Um, Back for Blood, the video game, has been pushed from its uh, summer release date to October of this year. That's fine. Video game delays are always good. And it's more spooky time, so okay. Spiral from the Book of Saw has okay. actually moved up from its May 21st release date to May 14th, so one week. Okay. I forgot uh, all about that. I'm still I'm excited. Me too. I when I said it, I was like, oh right. Yeah, Chris Rock, Chris Rock song. Uh the Mitchells versus the Machines, which we first saw the trailer for as connected, um, now so has a release date. Yeah. Uh now has a release date of April 30th on Netflix. Okay. In a month. And then San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, they did announce that they were not going to have an in-person event for their July event, so it's going to be virtual again. They're doing a virtual Comic-Con. I got to yeah. say that because their in-person event, not the same thing. However, they stupidly decided to put it on November 26th and the 28th, which is Thanksgiving. Yeah, well, they... They like signed a deal with like the airlines or something because that's like the busiest travel day of, of the year. Like that is the dumbest. I, I have seen so many pr- professionals, comics and Hollywood both, who have said, no we're way. not going. Hell no. I don't know who they think is going to be there, but we're not going. Ghost what town. makes them think that anybody like is going to spend after the last year, not spend one of their holiday weekends with their families? What who, boardroom? Who thinks that? What boardroom was like, this is a good decision. Like I have to know who thought this was a good idea man there's a statement that i want to read real quickly the fall event will allow the organization to highlight all the great elements that make comic-con such a popular event each year as well as generate much needed revenue not only for the organization but also for local businesses and the community it's not gonna happen though it's gonna this is gonna be a huge waste of money yeah it's meant to be a smaller con like wondercon at home like wondercon's doing a similar thing i think i can't imagine how many people will go like not enough like it will definitely have people but but san diego is the biggest i'm thinking exhibitionists like what exhibitionists are going to be willing to do that in the circumstances Man, i might go that... <laughs> what exhibitionists i might go get it because like <laughs> a sex thing we wouldn't understand Sexy time <laughs> that's for fake nerds after dark i, I apologize yeah, but still a bad idea not that that's fine that's that the, the, the... <laughs> thanksgiving comic-con yeah i don't understand it's ridiculous um just just come back in july i'm fine with waiting for comic-con for another year that's okay i have to wait for a WonderCon for another year i'm fine with that i want to go when when it's safe to be packed in there like sardines i'm not going on thanksgiving weekend because a that's my one day off and b i'm gonna have to hate work the next day because that's one of the busiest freaking days for me 
why not like the week before or the week after? Like, I don't yeah. get it. It's so dumb. Um, I don't know if I want to go. I don't think after a pandemic, I'm going to want to go be packed in, in like a can of I could tell you now, I'm not going to a theme park or convention this year whatsoever. I don't care. Yeah. Like, I, I don't care yeah. how, how safe people it is. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. No way. I don't want to be that close to people right now. Yeah. Yeah. Again, going back to the regular world seems a little weird at this point. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so their virtual convention will be on July 23rd to the 25th. Can't wait. I love those things. <laughs> God, I hate them so much. <laughs> Um, okay, comic news. We got some comic book news. Um, Thomas Jane, Punisher himself, guys. One of them. Um, the th- second one uh, yeah. is doing a comic book uh, for Aftershock called Lycan. Uh, he's going to be writing this with David James Kelly with art by Mike Carey. Mike Carey, nice. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to read the solicitation. Year of Our Lord, 1777, a hardened band of international big game hunters returning from Africa are shipwrecked off a small British island. In exchange for new supplies and the repairing of their good ship, the Caledonian, yeah, Lord Ludgate engages the men for a task they are particularly well suited for. Find the berserker beast that has been eating his subjects, including a group of young Bened- Benedictine nuns, and destroy it. That sounds radical. Um, yeah, like it's, it's yeah, 1777. A bunch of people land on an island. There's a monster there. Can you fight it? Probably not. Yeah, that's all cool. It's, it's another honest. actor doing a comic book. Yeah. Um, didn't have to kickstart this one though. Well, also it's aftershock. They wouldn't because uh, they're smarter than Boom. Yeah, and 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 have way less money too. Funny enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, guys, we all we all like Michael Morisi. That's it's true. Uh, we interviewed him, and he's coming out with a new comic book, yeah. Barbaric, in June. Uh, Barbaric, written by Michael Morisi, with art by Nathan Gooden, uh, follows Owen the Barbarian, who is burdened with a sentient axe with questionable morals and a taste for blood. Looks super cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's... it's it, so is he a bad guy with an axe that's good, or the opposite? No, he's trying to atone for past sins with an axe that's kind of like the devil on his shoulder. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm a, a big fan of that. Um, I'm sure it's going to have like a wild, like silly, dark tone like Maurice's books often do. Um, yeah. I know. I'm totally in. Love, love me some indie books. What was the artist's name again? Can you tell me? Uh, Nathan Gooden. Nathan Gooden, okay. Uh, G-O-O-D-E-N. Um, okay. This was leaked. So take it with a grain of salt, even though we got art. Superman and the Authority. By Grant Morrison. It's definitely real. Art by Mikkel Janin. Ooh. Um, yeah, basically this was a leaked from Amazon uh, listing thing of a hardcover that Grant Morrison is, is supposedly writing um, with Superman uh, t- taking over the authority with Manchester Black, Midnighter, Enchantress, Omac, Apollo, and Natasha Irons. This is the weirdest. This is the weirdest thing because one, like most of those characters aren't on the authority. Yeah. Um, the authority is a Warren Ellis thing, so clearly they want to do something with how dope the authority is without the original guy. So I guess you get Grant Morrison, who pretty cool if you ask me. Um, uh, so Grant Morrison, they wrote Tom Strong, which is basically like 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 a 1950s like like pulp hero thing, um, and it looks like he's just doing that, but with Superman. Superman's got the gray sideburns. Um, and he's doing and he's doing like tech shit. That like he's just doing Tom Strongbow with Superman. And I think I think that looks uh, pretty cool. We gotta see what the plot is. But I'm very excited that they're doing it. It's it's really weird 
because the Su Superman and the Authority do not go together. So it's why are they together? It's well, and Graham Morrison also said he was done with DC Comics. Yes. Uh, what's going they, on there? What's going on there, buddy? They. Thank you. I'm so sorry. Um. um yeah, I'm. I and Mikhail Janin, like he he worked on Batman with Tom King for a long time. Oh, and uh, uh, oh no, that's Clayman doing Batman Catwoman. But yeah, I, I'm I'm super stoked. Whatever this is, like Grant Morrison's doing comics, I'm there. Yeah, um, we'll see what happens there. Yeah, milestone. Oh, by the way, I wanted to say I really like um, Superman with uh, Grace Hyburns. I think that always looks cool. I love it. Um, milestone. We talked a bit about milestone being digital only books at first anyway um and how kind of like you know they're skipping the thing for dc universe infinite milestone however have decided to push their books back because they're also going to release them print on the same day as they will launch digitally thank god thank yeah. god so i can actually get them now yeah and then the big news in the comic book world is that marvel comics has severed ties with their distribution, Diamond Distribution, which they've been exclusive to since 1997. 99. And then Diamond immediately cut a deal. Because <laughs> they were uh, so scared. Penguin Random has... Di Marvel and DC are 70% are of their of their output. That's insane. Um, when you so have when a they, monopoly... When, so when they lose that, it's like they're putting... They don't have a whole lot more. So Marvel has teamed up with Penguin Random House, uh, their distribution arm. Uh, Penguin Random House is, a, is normally a publisher, but they do have a distribution arm uh, that they will now distribute Marvel Comics through. Um, this will be the first time they're distributing comics uh, floppies uh, to the direct market, which are comic book stores. Uh, they've never done this before, so this is new for them. New venture. Um, and then Diamond will be able to still get your... You'll still get your Marvel Comics from Diamond, However, Diamond will have to buy them from Penguin Random House. <laughs> God, I love it so much. The tides have turned so much. How does it feel, Diamond? How does it now feel? Um, this is uh, going over a lot, a lot better than what DC did. Because um, yeah. DC was like, "Hey, in two weeks, you gotta, you gotta partner up with one of these two distribution services." Sorry, and Marvel's like, "Okay, we got till October. This is a distribution service that you probably already have because they distribute Dark Horse comics, uh, mm -hmm. trades." Um, so now you just buy some Marvel comics through it. And so it's a little bit easier of a transition going from diamond to penguin. Seems, seems like a win to me, yeah. right? Like everyone wins. No one seems to be mad about this. I'm like, everyone in the comics industry is like, yeah, I'm real stoked. Like, fine. Like this seems, this seems really cool. Uh, it's nice to see that, um, comic book, comp the comic book industry is bouncing back so well that it can support three distribution companies. Cause this is not the first time we've had multiple distribution companies. They've all gone under mm -hmm. except for diamond. And now they feel strong enough to have three now. This is what happened to Marvel in the nineties. They tried to do their own thing and then it went real bad. Heroes world. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Working through penguin random house makes a lot of sense. Penguin random house is typically who most Disney publishing goes through. Yeah. Um, uh, this i hope that a whole lot of places get petty and are like i'll just go straight to penguin thanks I, guys yeah yeah yeah. like oh we don't need the middleman mm, okay yeah <laughs> um yeah that's basically all i got about that one so do we want to move on yeah cool. i mean you wrote an article people can look at it yeah yeah thank you oh it always kind of brings a smile to my face whenever a diamond gets uh gets the the shaft in a way the story of how Diamond became a monopoly is crazy. I highly mm -hmm. recommend it. 
Uh, it's not a book. It's just Wikipedia. Read Wikipedia. Okay. Um, all right. Comic book adaptations. <gasps> to no one's surprise, Berserker, Boom Studios, Counterbase, Matt Kent, Berserker comic, of being turned into a movie at Netflix and and an anime sequel. Are we kickstarting both of these two, Brandon? I hope so. <laughs> they won't. They shouldn't, but I hope they do. No, they shouldn't. That's a that's a joke on my part. Um, the so the anime series uh, will follow later and expand on characters and story elements introduced in the movie, and Keanu Reeves will play the main character, obviously, in both. Oh shit! Uh, I bought that anyway. first. Uh, you you read that first issue, right, Brandon? Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, I, I have it and I flipped through it. I've, I haven't like actually given it the attention, but like he's he's like a warrior for, who's like 80,000 years old. And he's just like, it's like the most violent book maybe ever made. And I'm like, this looks pretty cool. Okay, I'll see a live action thing of this. Sure. Yeah, I have nothing against this. I like Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Uh, I feel like if this was going to, I feel like this is what they were aiming for anyway, uh, making this into a movie. Yeah. Yeah, I just hate the, the Kickstarter thing. Yeah. 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 I'm, yeah. Although I do um, like the, fi- the picture of Keanu Reeves that's been circling the internet of him at a comic book store buying issues of uh, Berserker. That's cute. I haven't I seen like those. It. Shazam! Fury of the Gods. The next Shazam film has cast Helen Mirren and the, as the villain Hespera. Uh, she'll join Rachel Ziegler, who was cast a couple of weeks ago, um, as sisters who both may or may not be of ill intent. So says the quote. And that's funny because uh rachel ziegler is like 60 years younger than helen Mirren. Yeah. And sisters that's pretty fun um and the synopsis Mirren's character is called the daughter of atlas who is a character in the dc universe created by jack kirby um of course based off the greek greek god titan but this is like uh, this isn't like an original villain yeah this is not a villain that has existed in the comics hespera that's um, cool comic book juice by hello sir hello. how's it going bud yeah man um, helen Mirren rules like yeah, established character or new villain. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, she's going to be the villain of a Shazam movie. Hell yeah. Yeah. Playing her playing off Zachary Levi, it's going to be great. Yeah, I'm excited. Can't wait to see her, see her rubbery body fly into the air and shoot oh, lightning. <laughs> Bro, um, did you guys see uh, uh, in similar news, uh, the Black Adam movie? There's like billboards in, in Times Square for it already. Like, yeah. The Rock was in Times Square and like all the billboards up. All like, the, all the, all the video screens. All the video Turned screens. Turned into the lightning yeah. um, and announced the release date. Uh, that movie, sorry if that was news, I just, it, it was tied to this, but like, that movie's filming soon. I can't believe it. Uh, yeah, that is that is the next thing, uh, cool. Black Adam. July 22nd, 2022 is its release date. Um, but the, but honestly, guys, the only thing I care about is that Pierce Brosnan has been cast yeah. as Dr. Fate. Man. <sighs> old man, old man fate. He's I'm... perfect. He's perfect oh. for Kent Nelson. Holy yeah. crap. Thank, thank you, D- DC. So many <laughs> times do you screw up. So many times, there are times you do some right things. This is one of those right things that I thank you for. I freaking love Dr. Fate. He is, oh, yes. Yeah, Dr. Fate is one of my favorite uh, characters. I'm a big fan of the of DC occult, even if they don't write enough of it. Um, but Dr. Fate is, is an awesome character who I've loved ever since he was voiced by Odin Fair uh, in Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. No, Dr. Fate is one of those characters that I fell in love with from a Superman comic book. It's like a Superman, the adventures of Superman based off the, uh, the cartoon. Mm-hmm. And in this one, he like just Dr. Fate just shows up to Clark, like blasts his clothes away. He's like, Dr. Fate, are you mad? And he's like, no dude, I magic dude. Don't worry about it. I got to talk to you. We got stuff to go through. Magic, right baby. 
Um, he's a cool character. For those of you who don't know, Dr. Fate is one of the Justice Society members, founder. Uh, his helmet is the helmet of Nabu, and it possesses him essentially whenever he puts it on. Um, we knew we were getting the JSA in the in Black Adam. I was already I was already excited, but man, this really kicks it up a notch. Yeah, Dark. they're really they're really getting like a whole bunch of people. Yeah, I tried to support that. There, okay, years ago for the sorry, I, I want I need to talk about Doctor Fate. Years ago, when the New Fifty Two was doing this thing, they actually launched a new Doctor Fate number one. Yes. And yeah, it was, DCU, you know, DCU. Yeah, DCU. DCU. thing. Uh, I picked up the number one, and the store, as far as I know, the store never got issue number two. And yes, I, no, full series did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I'm talking about my store never got number two. Oh, okay. Right, right. Yeah, my like, store never got number two, and then it got, then it got number three. But I wanted to support it, and then, but number issue number one just did not grab me as as well as I was hoping that for. That introduced was, the the new Doctor Fate College, who is the current Doctor Fate in the Justice League Dark. So okay. He's a legacy character now. Yeah, I really, I really wanted to support that that book, but then I got, I didn't get issue two, and I didn't want to hunt it down. I, was, I just figured, you know, I have this number one, that's fine. Um, but besides besides that, I freaking love Doctor Fate. He is my favorite JSN member. Every time he shows up in like, I loved him in Smallville. Uh, what uh, Young Justice, awesome. Mm-hmm. Doctor Fate's awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited for this. Uh, Pierce Brosnan's great. Yes, he Doctor, is. Uh, James Bond. All right. Zatanna, the new Zatanna project movie. Now we know uh, Emerald Fennel, Fennel, um, who is the director of Promising Young Woman, which we reviewed on the show, um, has been hired to write the script for Bad Robot, who is developing the book, the the was, movie. Was also the writer of Promising Young Woman. Well, writer director of Promising Young Woman, right? I just wanted to be clear that like it's not director <laughs> going to writer and didn't you know wrote Promising Young Woman is writing Zatanna. Yeah, and. That's so cool. I love Zatanna. She speaks backwards. It's so cool. Um, Zatara's pretty cool. That's her dad. Also a magician, man. Um, yo, man, DC's really, really doing stuff. It's pretty cool. I love, I love, I love Zatanna's full name. Zatanna Zatara. Yeah. So oh, that's her full name? To, to reference back to the news we talked about at the beginning, uh, what, what Anne, uh, her last name, Brandon... Warner Brothers. Oh, Fennel. Nope. Oh, you mean Anne? Thank you. Uh, Was talking about in that uh, hopefully fans can get on board with like the Snyder stuff being done, but they have a lot of cool ideas for where they're going with DC stuff. I'm happy right now. Absolutely. The future looks bright. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, me too. The Flash. Um... Uh, okay, wait, hold on. Comic book G spot content. Sorry, guys, I watched the Snyder Cut times. I saw you like the Snyder Cut. Cool. This hey. isn't. It's a, what I said isn't a shot on yeah. the Snyder Cut because I haven't watched it yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not a shot on that. It's just uh, I I I can't see the blend of what they're talking about doing and what Snyder Snyder has a specific vision. I'm not even against that vision continuing, but at this point, it has to be its own thing. Yeah, and everything else is something new and diverse, and I want this new and diverse stuff. Uh, I'm not anti the Snyder stuff, but that stuff clearly wasn't building with with a wider universe no. in mind the way that that this stuff is. Yo, man, they yeah. established the multiverse. You can have multiple things happen at once. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the Flash, uh, Ron Livingston, has yeah. been cast as Henry Allen. He will replace Billy Crudup. I kind of bummed for Billy Crudup, but I, but I yeah. am super bummed because I really like Billy Crudup as an actor and as Barry's dad. But man. Th- 
the dad energy that Ron Livingston puts out is is equal, if not more, than Billy Crudup. Like, so if you're gonna get another like sad dad, he's really good. And That's I was worried when we talked about the casting that just like for some reason he wouldn't be in the movie. Like, I don't know why, like, I didn't think they would recast him. And I'm glad they did, because he's essential to Barry's uh, plot. Well, we we speculated that they didn't have to, like, because, you know, you didn't need to show him. And then you bring and then you bring Billy Credit back later. But they've yeah, just yeah. recast him. Yeah, which is a, which is a shame. They, they didn't want to wait, but whatever. And Michael Keaton uh, has talked about how he's he's not entirely sure he will join the, the Flash movie. Yeah, he's waiting. Uh, he's waiting to see how COVID pans out over there because it's not it's not really getting any better. Yeah. And, and, he, and he wants to read the script. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he has like a ton of things that he wants to do. He's producing and things. So. Yeah. Um, Static Shock, uh, Michael B. Jordan Static Shock movie. Uh, Randy McKinnon has been tapped to direct. Um, he, uh, he co-wrote a uh, 2020 Disney Plus film, Safety. Okay. Um, so. Um, okay. Tokyo oh. Ghost, Ryan. <gasps> Legendary is going to work on an adaptation, live action adaptation. Kerry Fukunaga will direct the adaptation, and Rick Remender, who wrote the comic, will write the script. Oh no, this doesn't sound particularly great, does it? I don't know. The last thing Rick Remender wrote is one of the greatest comic book television shows ever made. So, like, I don't know. You tell me, my man. Got canned though. It sure got canned. Uh, Hell yeah! <laughs> Good things <laughs> never last, right? Which America? one? Deadly, Deadly Class. Deadly Class. Yeah. yeah um i'm just i am after the failure of deadly class uh uh that whole cast and recommender was really bummed um and any any time of a revival is long past um the fact that they are still writing on him writing his own script for a huge big budget movie uh makes me so happy because that dude wrote the material and it's always good when you get the people who worked on it to come back for it it's always it's usually always a good thing um kerry fukunaga one of the guys who was going to direct the flash movie no longer um, I don't remember the last thing he did. I know he did dope. That's like he's the movie. Doing, that... He directed No Time to Die. No Time to Oh, oh my God. Big James Bond boy. Dude, that's great. Um, man, Tokyo Ghost is like a really cool post-apocalyptic story about addiction with technology. And I love that story. Um, I hope they do it justice. I hope they go hard like that book goes hard. We did it as a book club a while back. We sure we did. did. The Modoc TV series had a, um, had a WonderCon at home panel where they revealed that John Hamm We'll play Tony Stark. Iron he's Man. Iron. He's Iron Ham. That's what they call him. <laughs> uh, Whoopi, no, I think Whoopi Goldberg will play Pound Cakes. Nathan Fillion will play Wonder Man, reprising his role from the deleted scenes of the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Yes. And Bill Hader will play Anger, the Screamer, and the Leader. The whole thing. Um, I am so ready for this show. The guy who, who show runs the show is on Twitter just nonstop talking about how excited he is for this show. He's also the dude who wrote the Modoc Head Games miniseries that's currently coming out. So I might check that in, I might check that out now, knowing it's the same dude. Um yeah, everything I've seen in this show looks like it's gonna be fantastic. Um very excited. Definitely not canon to Marvel, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can have two things. That's fun. Uh, May 21st is when it comes out. <laughs> Echo, the Marvel Comics character Echo. Uh, supposedly is getting a spinoff from Hawkeye because she's in Hawkeye. Right, there's a big rumor right now, but yeah. yeah. So uh, that would be that would be something. I uh, I we just talked about last week uh, about Game of Thrones has like nine nine things in development. So to that sentiment, I will go. I can't judge this because I haven't seen who Echo is. But if you guys think it's good, if she's good enough to have her own show, uh, fine. But like, I can't. It could Echo also be that they're impre- that the performance is impressing them on yeah, set. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, 
Echo's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, Echo. And of course, like, you know, you, you got to look at it. Like some of these things are people throwing these names out during uh, press meetings, board meetings. Um, and, and then an intern goes to the press and be like, hey, they said that they're doing this. So 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you got to look out for that, too. I mean, we, there was that um, that Mockingbird Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. spinoff that filmed the pilot that didn't go anywhere. You yeah. can watch you, you can watch that pilot. Apparently, it's pretty good. Um, but like, again, like not everything Marvel makes comes out. I was really bummed that the, that didn't happen. Yeah, I like those two characters. Her and whatever. I really would like if you, I could pull one thing from Agents of Shield tied to the MCU. It'd be Adrian Palicki showing up as Mockingbird in Hawkeye. She's so good, dude. And her and Hawkeye have such a long relationship. I know it'd be so oh. good. Mm. Well, the Orville is filming right now. Orville season two, season three. Ooh. Part yeah. Time. Yeah. The the boys has cast Katya Winter as little Nina who is a Russian mob boss who works with Vought and has a thing for sex toys. Oh, boy. Just we are the boys. Sounds something. The, the, yep. That's hey, guys, the there's, there's, there's a miniseries uh, that came out very, very long uh, into the boys' run called Herogasm, and it's about the yearly um, festival that all the superheroes go to that is literally a giant festival of sex. And it's they're just there for debauchery, and we're we're just every every time we talk about the news for the boys, we're one step closer to getting to that horrific, horrific, the worst thing I've ever seen in a comic. Um, <laughs> can't wait to see that, guys! Oh my god, it's awful. All right, uh, okay, Ghost of Tsushima. Ooh. It's getting a movie. That game came out like nine months ago. <laughs> Chad Stahelski was hired to has been hired to direct the films. He's the co-director of john wick and the director of john wick two and three yep 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 what do you think of this i think it's i think it's a very interesting choice because i feel like they just want to make a cool samurai movie uh because that's what that game is it's a cool samurai movie that's turned into 30 hours um like Uh, it's gonna be a cool action movie but like i i haven't played the game myself um i've seen some video stuff uh but i listened to the waypoint discussion about it Mm -hmm. where they talk about how it's very much like white boy interpretation of what's cool about Japan culture. And we're going to make that a video game. And that's like the worst parts about it, but yeah. it also is a gorgeous game. That's yeah. pretty fun to play. Absolutely. Uh, and I don't feel like I need a movie of that unless we're going to get someone writing something that's going to make it more culturally representative than the game has been. Yeah. Um, and cause otherwise I'm like, the game is gorgeous. I don't know that I need a movie trying to replicate that again. And that, that game, it's about the Mongol invasion of this Island. Um, and like the one surviving, uh, uh, samurai and he becomes basically like a Ronin. He becomes the ghost of Tsushima killing all these, uh, killing all these uh, Mongolians and stuff. And right. I'm like, it's, it's a, it's a cool, it's a cool generic story. And if you're mm-hmm. just looking for a John wick that's set in the 1500s, that's what you're getting. Like, I think that's literally all they're going for because that's kind of what it is. I'm sure. I'm sure. I just, I, I think like where, I, I would really hope that they'd hear the criticism of the game, which I don't think they did. They, they got, that, they got uh, a white guy to direct but that's, it. So. But that is, exactly. Yeah. But like, you, you know, what really matters is who's writing yeah. uh, at this point and like, who's going to come in and write this and is it going to be a direct adaptation of the game? Some people have talked about it being like something else or a sequel yeah. to the game or something like that. Um, one of the key points that stood out to me in them talking about it on Waypoint is that the game re- represents Tsushima with so many things that are not in that location. Oh, it's that are just appropriations of like iconic it's Japanese a fabricated motifs. island. Yes, right, and that's and that's where it's like 
I feel like we can do better at this point uh, is all. And especially if we're going to make a film out of it, I feel like if we don't learn the lessons, that's, that's kind of a bummer. I agree. I think what this largely is, is probably like the, the cool action guy, make cool samurai movie, look pretty, look action. It's just um, not going to be no depth. This is going to be samurai John Wick. And I don't think we need to have depth, but I would like some cultural accuracy. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that makes more sense. And, yeah. and uh, especially with like, especially in this moment where we're talking about appropriation of Asian uh, uh cultural pieces and asian hate um it'd be nice to do something that's actually representing the moment uh rather than just being Kuros kurosawa inspired be kurosawa accurate do you remember um when the hellboy movie was coming out and the actor who played one of the characters dropped out because he wasn't asian yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. uh and i thought and daniel day kim took over that role and i always right. thought that was really cool and i'm just like that's the one time that's ever happened in hollywood yeah that never happens yeah yeah uh, uh that's that's kind of where this tsushima project feels for me is that again as a person who hasn't played the game but is well aware of uh that being the it's about issue honor that people it's about have. honor that's what you need to know about the game it's that, about honor and that that pisses people off because it's such a generalized trope and uh I, I hope that the writing of it maybe is something more i agree um it's coming from playstation studios sony pictures yeah, they're they're really man. They're making a bunch of movies like Uncharted's coming out, and then like less than a year. John Wick Chapter Four and Five, the next two John Wick films, um, have lost Derek Kolstad, who has been the writer of all three John Wick films, except on the third one he was a co-writer with a bunch of other people. Um, so he obviously is the co-creator of, this, of the series. He apparently. It wasn't his choice. The legendary didn't ask him back. Lionsgate didn't ask him back oh. because they uh, they were like, we can go with these guys instead. That's maybe, yeah. Like during the making of three, they were like, oh, we like the half that this guy wrote and not the half that you wrote. So like, let's just get him out. That sucks. Also, it could be because he's getting so much work now. You know, he's on Falcon Winter Soldier. Um, he could be cost too much. He's Yeah. And, and the, Scheduling uh, could be an issue. Yeah. Lions. Well, see, I think because it wasn't scheduling because he didn't say he said I'm, I wanted to come back. Oh, okay. It, it's he wanted. I think it's probably that Lionsgate the way he frames it anyway. The Lionsgate was like, these guys are cheaper. Mm, yeah. And so they were That's like, sh- we don't want to do we don't want to do with you anymore. That's a shame. And that that is that is a Hollywood thing of like, yeah, let's get the cheaper guy. That is yeah. Good. National Treasure. Um, has apparently Disney Plus has apparently. Uh, uh, greenlit the 10 episode series which is coming from the original writers the original film writers of Marion and Cormac Wibberley um, this is the we heard about this a while back after we heard that the third film was coming that also this TV series was coming uh, different characters different cast uh, on Disney plus um, it's going to explore the timely issue of identity, community, historical authorship, and patriotism told from the point of view of Jess Morales, the main character. Hmm. I wonder what she's going to steal that's of national importance. Apparently it's easy to get the Declaration of Independence, so why not? Plus <laughs> we're going to do it again. <laughs> uh, they, they, they were quick to clarify that the third film is still on its way, though, so... Mm, I believe it. We'll still, get, we'll still get Benjamin Gates back. What was, <laughs> what was the page with the in the president's journal? I don't remember. I don't remember either. It's been way too long. Is that movie on Disney Plus right now? I yes. Don't know. Transformers though. Bing, bong, bong, bing, bong. Uh, Transformers uh, is getting another film, which is unrelated to the existing Transformers film franchise, 
and is not related to the sixth film in that franchise coming out a couple years. This is that writer's room we were talking about. But is it related to Bumblebee? No. (laughs) It's something else. I don't care. (laughs) It's me neither. Mark Ramirez, who is the showrunner for The Defenders, um, is penning the script with Angel Manuel Soto, uh, who was just hired to direct Blue Beetle for Warner Brothers. We'll direct it. Cross and Streams. Okay, we're okay. going another Transformers film. Sure. I mean, the I mean, the last one I saw, I did like. So by that account, I do want another. If you're not connecting to Bumblebee, what do you do? I don't know. What are <laughs> What are they doing? They have a hit that people like. Why isn't there that? Why isn't there a second one of those already? Out? I can't believe that they didn't bank off of Bumblebee. That was crazy. That's how you know they just don't know what they're doing. But mm-hmm. they still want to do a sixth in the Bayverse. Uh, Get out of here. Yeah, I'm I love. Done. I mean, I love Bumblebee. We all we all love Bumblebee. Where mm-hmm. just like I said, I commented on this news where I was just like, I just, I just want a Bumblebee sequel. Is that too much to ask? Start, start apparently yes. Yeah. Start uh, start. You start a small Bumblebee. You did the groundwork. I want to see just, where Optimus and him were going at the end of that movie. Yeah. You could slowly build it up. Like, it, you guys have the groundwork. Movies. Uh, come on, it can't be that hard to be a movie producer, guys. We do this all every week. Come on. You have the power. To be perfectly honest with you, I'm done with the Transformers movies. No, I feel like no, you're not. Because the second you see a cool trailer, you're gonna go see it. Don't even, don't even pretend. That's true. We're all shills for robots in disguise. I'll see anything with a good trailer. It's true. Speaking of trailers, (gasps) that's pretty good. That was pretty good. good. That was a great. Um, Quick, quickly, I think what I want to talk about Doctor Who, the ninth Doctor Adventures, Ravagers, which is the first new audio adventure starring Christopher Eccleston returning for the first time as the ninth Doctor. Nice. This is this is very cool. Uh, it's very exciting that he's coming back. This was a mm-hmm. this was a very long trailer, and it was yeah. kind of weird just watching yeah. a bunch of words on the screen for two minutes. It's cool. It's it's what you gotta do for audio shows. No, I get yeah. it. Like it's what you do, but like man, it kept going, and I'm like, man, this is really cool. It needed to only be a minute long. Yeah. It was nice to hear him like get that energy as the doctor. He says, "Fantastic." Yeah, I was I, as not I was watching it, as yeah. I was watching the trailer. I'm like, if this doesn't end with him saying it's fantastic, it's fantastic, they're not doing it right. Yeah, oh, <laughs> for your life. I was actually thinking about that. I was like, he has to say fantastic in his trailer. If he doesn't, oh, there it is. Okay, we're that's good. His, that's his catchphrase. It's mm-hmm. so nice to hear his energy as the Doctor again. Yeah, yeah, he's actually trying. Yeah, yeah. I forgot like, how energetic that Doctor was. Yeah. Well, and, and the, I think the best thing about it is that it sounds like he's having a blast. Yeah, it yeah. sounds like he's fully back into it, and I'm so happy that 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 kind of arc has come full circle for him where this is a rewarding experience. Yeah. Isn't like the first thing he says in that trailer is like, I'm back. And I was like, oh yeah, you are. Yeah. I am back. All right. Frank of Ireland. Frank of Ireland. Frank of Ireland. Yeah, it looks fun. This looks like a charming, a charming dramedy about a guy who needs to grow up a little. This is the Gleason brothers, Dom Hall and his brother who looks exactly like his dad. Oh, is that his? Oh, and also kind of like Ewan McGregor. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it's like okay, I know, I know one of these actors. Who's that guy? Because is that Ewan McGregor with a red beard on? That's Brian Gleason, his brother. That's cool. Wow. Yeah, oh, that is. Um, I do so like look at Brendan Gleason, and oh, he'll sh- he'll show up eventually. Oh yeah, no. yeah. yeah. Uh, it was nice. It, it looks it looks fun. Ireland's yeah. a pretty place. I, I had a few. I had a few a few good laughs in this trailer. <laughs> Stowaway. 
I, this looks way better than I thought it was going to. I so you just you tell me Anna Kendrick in space, and I'm immediately like, eh. But I love space. What about Tony Collette with her in space? Oh my god, yes. The second I saw um, Tony Collette in this movie, and I'm like, what about Daniel Day Kim? As yeah, well. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the second I saw Sparks, the whole Damn it, Sparks, you're gonna take what I was gonna say. Yeah, great well, caster. Uh, I love space movies. Uh, I wasn't sure if this was going to be some alien movie. It's just them trying to survive in space. 100% on board. Yeah, I love it. Totally, totally. Looks looks tense. Uh, it's just them trying to survive. Like, it's nothing, nothing. It's super dramatic without being dramatic. I love it. I also, I also, I also love how, I mean, it's called Stowaway because when I saw it, I was like, okay, is this about a guy who, like, actually snuck on the ship? He was yeah. just a poor guy working in the one spot. Something happens. He gets knocked out, and then he wakes up. He's in space. He what a Monday, am I right? Oh my god! He doesn't want to be there. He didn't mean Must to be there. Must be Tuesday. But he is not that kind of guy. Is like, oh, I want to be on this mission. They never chose him. He's like, no, no, I need to get back home. He's like, yeah, dude, you you ain't going home. Like the Russian so, chick and, from Paradox. And, and Paradox. he straight up says, he's like, yo, okay, well, if I'm stuck here, I want to help. I can learn fast. Teach me stuff. And I'm like, but cool. there's not enough air. It's like, cool. You may what? be a stowaway, and you may want to try and uh, help these guys out, but you gotta help. Yeah, survive and ooh, good stuff. I like it. Sparks. Uh, a space movie that mostly relies on character drama rather than anything else going on uh, tends to usually have weaker casts, and therefore I don't have a lot of faith or interest in them. Mm-hmm. This is a great cast, and since it's all character stuff, I'm like, cool. Tony Collette's got an accent. Oh, yeah, this will work for me. Yeah. And it's like it's like uh, next month, right? Excuse me. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'll Netflix. Watch Netflix, right? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Netflix. April thirtieth, I believe. Record of Ragnarok. Yo. Oh, oh yeah. This is the JoJo show. Oh, Yo. My I, first of all, I gotta mention, we watched this trailer with Megan, and <laughs> Megan was like, "Not about it. <laughs> this was not the type of anime she ever wants to she watch." She called it trash. Yeah, it was like this <laughs> was like trash, and I'm like, I'm not even gonna disagree with you. It's definitely like a super specific style, but man, I it is a, it, it is a look like for real. It is a type of anime trash. Yeah, I can acknowledge that. It's it's like and also enjoy it. It's like greasy. It's, it's like anime. greasy food. The equivalent. It's like really weird, exaggerated characters. The the boob thing. I'm like, the, God, <laughs> that is that yeah. is some uh, ladies and gentlemen. That is some fan service, and I've so seen when, some fan service anime. When I heard of it, when I heard of it, I was like, oh, that sounds cool gods fighting mortals in a tournament i like tournaments yeah uh and i watched the trailer i was like oh see I'm, I'm nice i'm still in because i know i know what jojo is and i know like how insane and fun that show can be like it is doing everything on purpose like it's it's it is doing all this weird stuff on purpose it's like not an accident um and it's absolutely not for everyone but like i'm at least watch the first episode because like there's something about the the jojo animation where people just have like the biggest lips and they have like 17 abs and it's like this is art. Shading is cool. <laughs> shading is cool. Yeah, yeah. That's that's definitely JoJo JoJo style. Art yeah. is the shading is cool. The the um, fights look really cool. Yeah. It's also a tournament thing, so you're sold. I love right tournament away. arcs. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it's all it's a tournament show. Yeah, so. I like. It's built like people fighting is every episode is my thing. Yeah. You got the pervy old man whose eyes are just hearts. Roshi. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> essentially, essentially Roshi. Yeah. And then uh, Eden. Okay, so we watched uh, the old trailer by accident. We watched by accident and first, a- rather than this week's trailer. And the old trailer is better, is it? Much. This this trailer is fine with like with like the like the, the black helmeted six eyed like beast thing. But that first trailer that we accidentally watched, 
like oh my god i want to watch tells you tells you what the character story is and i'm like yo this character story seems fun it looks so good and like this new trailer is like it looks cool but like i really wish you guys would have saw that original this is this is much better 3d animation than the all of it than the ghibli film yeah and i'm like how what how it's 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 like it's it's not doing the frame missing type of animation like it is it is still like 3d and like you know kind of like it's not doing what paul it's not as bad as polygons endeavors with human animation it's helped a lot by like only one human figure so everything else like really blends but like the world feels lush and dynamic in a way that that like the ghibli film is the one that stands out to me where i'm like they did 3d animation and it just did not click you guys should really watch the first trailer it came out five months ago but like it shows you so much more of like the robot uh community and like all that stuff and like this the show looks really really cool uh i think this trailer disserviced it a little bit compared to the first one i still really liked it i thought it looked yeah really interesting yeah yeah uh, the Nevers. The Nevers. So this I, is a new, a new HBO Max. I like magic. I definitely want to watch it. It's definitely in this realm where it feels like it could go either way. Mm-hmm. It yeah. seems like this could be good, this could be bad, and I can't tell which one it's going to be. It seems like there's a lot going on, but at least like it looks really imaginative, like with its special effects and like the use of magic. And like they're called like uh, they're called something interesting, like the 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 touched or the touched. like the, the touched. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then like. And like, like uh, people don't like magic, but like the magic seems really cool. Um, there's one specific shot uh, uh, where like, like she's standing in like profile and like she's blinking out of like multiple realities or something. That was just like really striking. And I'm like, you guys see the future. Doing... Yeah, I'm like, you're doing some really cool shit like visually. Um, I just don't know if the story's gonna be there because it seems mm-hmm. like it's a lot. But again, I'll watch that first episode. I think something just happened downstairs. <gasps> I'm gonna ignore it, hopefully. Uh, them. Continues to look great. Yeah, I. Uh, are we under the impression that that the family that moved in is the one who brings the evil stuff? Because that's I'm not. No, I'm. I wasn't sure. No, they say there's something bad in this house. Okay, okay, gotcha. Okay, um, yeah, it looks again. It's like it might be a little too Jordan Peele, but uh, there are some shots in there that give me chills to think about. Uh, it, it is man again that 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 clown like in the blackface like it's so scary. That blackface that character scares the crap out of me. Yeah, that is like truly haunting shit. Um, also, just seeing all the white people outside when they were like, it's like them sitting in like a with like desks, like it's a peanut gallery or something. Yeah, yeah. Or of course, even creepier, you walk outside. There's a bunch of dolls that are black. Maybe, maybe they've cursed the house. The white people. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but there's still, you walk outside, you see a bunch of dolls in your in your fort in your patio, being hung. That's not a good sign. Uh, I told Ryan that it. It definitely has this vibe like it could exist in the same world as Lovecraft Country. So I'm I'm in it. In yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. In the earth. Oh, my gosh. Oh, this looks so spooky. Oh, my gosh. What if the happening was scary? Yeah. So uh, the tweet I saw, if somebody who saw this at a film festival was like, hey, this movie in the earth. It's it's like, what if the happening was actually like really, really good? Like it's like the environment is doing shit to these people and making them go crazy and hallucinate and kill each other. Um, but it's actually good and artsy. Um like the ending shot was like really unnerving and how it like cuts. It's just like in the earth. Um, so it feels like a Ari Aster meets Annihilation. Yeah. Like, like Midsommar. Yeah. 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 Um, this is definitely a horror movie made for me. Ben Wheatley is a very interesting filmmaker. Like he doesn't, he makes like dramas. Like, I think this is like the first horror movie he made. Um, I could, I could be hundred percent wrong. Um, you but, called it a modern Blair Witch. Yeah. It looks like, yeah. Like a modern Blair Witch. Like they get lost in this forest and they discover weird shit. Looks cool. And finally, the Suicide Squad finally released its first trailer. 
boy. This is what I wanted. This is the tone that I've always wanted to see a Suicide Squad. Uh, 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 King Shark looks incredible. I love it. You mean Sylvester Stallone? Sylvester Stallone. And then um, what we all knew was coming, Starro. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm shocked that they showed it, which means it's probably not as important to the plot as, as, as it needs to be. Because, again, it's yeah. all about this character stuff. But, like, we, we saw a big starfish, man. How stupid is that? We saw – this is Starro's live-action debut. Yeah. This That's is so, incredible. Uh, well, I am so excited for Peter Capaldi's thinker. Oh my god, yeah, I can't. Uh, him just standing there with all the bolts in him and everything. I'm like, I'm so ready for this. I am, <laughs> I am so excited for like half this cast to die. I know that's a weird thing to say, yeah. but like, the literally the posters are saying don't get attached. So like, all of these big stars, like half of them are getting taken out in really gross ways. Uh, James Gunn is so good. We live in a blessed world where where people were dumb enough to target James Gunn to get him fired from Marvel. So he went to DC. But then Disney's like, oopsies, and they hired him back. So now we have two James Gunn superhero movies coming out in like a year at each other. I'm like, thank you, dumb dumb guy who did that. Thank you. It's it's. I just love everything in the trailer so much. All the characters look a lot of fun. Uh, King Shark just like, oh no, he's <laughs> eating the card. So good. Um, uh, I'm excited for Harley Quinn, which is something I didn't know. Didn't think I'd say. I think she, Margot Robbie looks great. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, even Joel Kinnaman, like the one line he has, where he's like, "We came to rescue you," and blah blah blah, or whatever. And, like I, he's even funnier in the one line he has. I, I love that that it feels like James Gunn's gonna carry on some Harley arc stuff from Birds of Prey, mm-hmm. which I'm really mm-hmm. happy about. She's redesigning her look now that she's post Joker. She's got the red and black going. Oh yeah. Uh, and we know that uh, she's she's got on her record taking out Black Mask. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Uh, um, that's really probably sorry. like. The, that seems like the beginning of the movie. Like the, they have to go rescue Harley to do this mission. And then she gets out herself. Like what a, what a fun, what a fun idea. Um, like Amanda Waller rules. Like I'm so excited. Cause like James Gunn is so good at mixing the drama with the comedy. So like, we're going to get both in this movie. I, I just didn't, after watching suicide squad, the first suicide squad, like I didn't think I'd, out of the words, I can't wait to see Jai Courtney's captain boomerang. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, man, I, I'm Sestaro. I just still can't believe it. It's so I know Sestaro. Uh, so, oh, we got a, we got a kaiju in here. Um, oh, that's great. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna make the the John Astrander. Oh, John Astrander, uh, who wrote the original Suicide Squad run. He is the scientist putting the device into Michael Rooker. Yeah. Uh, one, he has a cameo. Two, he has writing credit on this movie with James Gunn. James Gunn specifically went out his way to get this man Hollywood paid. Nice. Uh, and a lot of these, a lot of these writers from the seventies and eighties have gotten no royalties or jack shit from the Marvel stuff. So James Gunn went out of his way to help this DC writer get like paid the money he should have, and I think that's incredible, just the best. Yeah, uh, I actually really like John Cena in this trailer. Yeah, there's a whole, uh, back, there's whole, whole beach full of dicks. John Cena, I'm guys, very excited for that Peacemaker show now. Yeah, uh, yeah. John Cena slowly over the years has just become a truly great like comedic actor. Um, mm-hmm. very he was much so good in Bumblebee. Yeah uh yeah um I, yeah I, I and it's again it's gonna be on hbo max but we're gonna be lucky enough to be vaccinated we can go see this theaters in yeah. a couple months wow ah! crazy um, uh, i i like like Rand said i'm so excited for suicide squad when i first yeah. heard that dc was doing a suicide squad movie in the first place i was like really and then i saw the trailer okay trailer looks rad movie sucks movie's not good this yeah, one but- is the complete opposite yeah, except James Gunn. Well, no offense to David Ayer because he didn't make good movies before, but James Gunn mm-hmm. has never made a bad movie in his entire career. So I'm not worried about the Suicide Squad 
at all. Like I, yeah. the dude's made nothing but great movies. So like, hell yeah, baby. And it's rated R. We get the best of both worlds. The thing, the thing is like, I cannot at the moment, cause I've, I've seen it so many times. I cannot get over the fact that Starro is in it. He is mm-hmm. the justice. He's the first villain just to get fought. And the fact that they didn't, we're like, we're going to go with the smaller Starros like we did in just in Batman beyond or, or some of the comics. We're going to go with a big starfish Kaiju Starro. Brandon, not to spoil the movie, but the reason a lot of people know that Starro was in this movie, because the first trailer, there's an, there's an image in the back of a guy with a tiny starfish on his face. Oh, I'm sure they'll have the tiny ones too, but yeah, normally yeah. they just have the tiny ones. Oh, yeah, and yeah. That's I like think, the collective Starro. Yeah, I think he's going to be like producing them or do the thing where like many become one. They have but... that. They have all the character posters and the thinkers has Starros, tons of Starros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, ooh, I wonder, ooh. I wonder if that's the, oh, I don't know. We can speculate all day. The, it's cool to be excited for a Suicide Squad. Movie. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Hell yeah. Shall we get into our main topic? Not until yeah. we talk about Biomutant, the trailer I told you guys to watch. That's right. Oh, I, I don't know why it didn't show up. I thought you put that one in the Sparks. I did. No, I did. No, no I know I you told it, us to watch. I wrote it into the document. Oh, uh, okay. I also wrote it into the document. That's funny. That's where it's not in here. Maybe you just didn't refresh it before we started. Anyway, it's it's whatever. It's it's a new uh, uh, open world action RPG that takes place in post apocalypse. I think it looks really cool. That's all. Yep. Uh, what do you think, Ben? Did you watch it? Yeah, I did. It looks actually pretty sweet. Cool. You got you got a uh, but you got like these like mutated critters that you have to murder. Yeah, it looks like it's like it's like open world Monster Hunter, but it's uh, you play as like squirrels and shit. Yeah, you got like you got guns and you got swords. You got a mixture of weaponry. Fighting giant skunks. I'm into it. Mm-hmm. That's it. That looks pretty fun. Does it bring in? Does it look fun? It does look I, fun. I, it looks like, look fun. I, is it not supposed to look fun? Looks, I'm kidding. It looks like a smaller scale, colorful, uh, animal-based Journey to the West game that we were looking at. I, the mm. vibe is similar. Uh, Wukong? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Wukong. Yeah, I can see that. Um, all right, now my topic? Sure. We're here to talk about Invincible, a new Amazon uh, Prime TV series, animated series, the first three episodes. We're going to compare those to the first volume, which is the first four issues of Invincible. I don't think we really need to, because how much really happened? <laughs> I was surprised at how much of this volume was in the first three episodes all spread out. Uh, so the thing that I that I found the most interesting, as somebody who's read the most of this comic... Um, they are introducing stuff from so much later on in the first episodes to make it not just because the original Invincible comic, as you guys read, it's a traditional superhero story for the first couple of volumes and then crazy shit starts happening. The smart thing they did with the show is they start introducing the crazy shit immediately. Um, the finale of episode one is one of the most insane things I've ever seen in a show. Yeah. I, I was floored that they went so hard so early the trailers gave you an indication this was a violent show but i really think that's one of the most violent things that any of us have ever seen on, on in tv it is so brutal and that is that is that is the show it's heart and it's gore um it's 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 like the walking dead but it's superheroes uh yeah, yeah we'll just start with our, with our impressions of the, of the first three episodes i think uh ben we'll go, go first since you're about to start yeah seeing that in the ending finale i was like oh because part because during the whole episode I'm thinking okay yeah Omni Man's a good guy I really I really hope he like things are okay but then after, when we see him just slaughter all the Guardians of the Globe I'm like is he is that really him is he being controlled is you, you know what Ooh. it doesn't come out of left field either because uh, there are moments where he like shows his anger yeah uh, and you're like oh wait a minute 
Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what's something else going on here when, when Mark says, like, I got my powers. And he's like, really? I mean, really? Oh, yay. Um, so I, when he kills the Guardians, I was like, okay, this should have seen this coming. Yeah, it's, and again, like, they, they, they give you just enough to, like, to, like, to see it coming, but also you're still surprised. Yeah. And I think, I think by doing it, it in episode one, doing it so early as opposed to when it actually happens in the comic, um, it, it leaves like it, it, the show is now a mystery where the original comic is not a mystery. And I think that makes the show like infinitely better than the comic only because this show is now almost 20 years removed from the original of the comic. That's not fair to compare them right like that. But I think the way that the, the show is structuring the story of, of this family uh, it works so much better than, than they're doing in the comic. And that's just because, again, it's a different format. It's a mystery show now. Mm -hmm. and, and you have to be so careful about not being too generic with the show at this point because yes. we're a superhero steep culture. Yeah, and again, the, the comic, um, I, I think it's still a really good comic, but a comic's from 2003. And like, Brandon, you love Black Hammer. This was Black Hammer before Black Hammer. It was literally, it's like retelling, it's retelling different origins of the same stuff. Like Mark and, and Omni Man, that's the superhero thing. And you got you got the, the Justice League and you got all this stuff. Um, but it takes it in such a violent way that just when it originally came out, it, it took people off guard. Uh, and I think that's what's exciting about this show is people weren't really sure what it is. And they gave it to you early as opposed to like season two. You know, it's it's I'm really fascinated by the structure of it. Robert Kirkman being like the showrunner, uh, it, he's made his own his own vision even better, I think. Uh, I wonder what's going on with, with John Hamm's character. Steve? Uh, Steve, because <laughs> he's in two episodes. He's the through he's oh, man, I love Steve so much. He's just he is the the offside like character development we slowly get before he probably dies in the finale. Yeah. Like we're going to start to love this guy and his kid. Taking him to London trips. Yeah, as we're as we're watching the opening, oh. I'm like, this guy's gonna die. Yeah, yeah. Like 100, this guy's gonna die. And then he survives. Oh, you're, you're, you're talking about the cop with with like the stepson, right? Yeah, man, yeah. Man, I was hoping to see more of him. I really liked it. How, but it's like, weird. Was, it's weird because he doesn't. He's not essential to the plot at all. No, he's not. But I was. But after hearing that, like the like, the first five minutes of the show. Where he's talking to his friend and he's like, "Yeah, it goes I on for so long." It's I was like, so "This is gonna happen, right?" Yeah, he's yeah. talking about all this crazy shit, and then he's like, "Yeah, he fought his demons and he beat him and he beat his demons, and so I'm taking him to London." They're at London, and then he's like, "You see the trash bag that's flying over," and he's like, "Dad," pushes him out of the way. He's like, "You called me dad." I was like, "Dude, it's." I'm like, "Part of me like, just want to yeah. say, no, 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 screw everything with Mark and Omni Man. I want to see this relationship pan out. I want to see what happens here." They're right. doing. They're. They're it's working what they're doing is working then because yeah. they are they are giving you this entire other dad tv show in the midst of the superhero tv show it's it's mm -hmm. almost like a twin peaks thing in a real way like you're watching another another season of a show amidst the season of the show you're watching it's it's really funny he didn't show up in episode three unfortunately but i think they will continue to show mm -hmm. up throughout the rest of the season at least i hope you can't and, set it up uh, like that i care about that mm -hmm. family i want to i want to uh, watch his i want to watch this episode walk across the stage like walk across the stage for that's exactly where they're gonna die. 100, that's where they're gonna die. Um, so just to just some some of the comparisons to the book, uh, I I it's interesting that he meets the uh the teen team uh in the second episode. Uh, they really drag out the first issue of this book, uh, to be in the in that hour, 
they again they do such interesting things like they leave mm -hmm. out the main plot of this of the first volume which involves the teacher and the bombings and stuff which i yeah. i think is really a really great story and i really mm -hmm. hope they bring it into the show somehow because i really hope they don't skip over it um mm -hmm. but again like all the all the all the the character stuff between the family like with mark and and nolan nolan no. all that stuff is like is sped up but also slowed down mm -hmm. again it is it is so different than the comic like it, it's i love it it's 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 so cool uh, I, I, I think my point was that I think I prefer the um, uh, way he meets the teen team in the in the show than in the comic. Oh yeah, like like uh, like during like a, a battle or something, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 That he's I, wholly unprepared for. Oh yeah, yeah. actually, I kind of dig that. I, I, as I, I read the book and then as I was watching the show, I feel like since the the book was so short, it was only four issues. Mm -hmm. It's I don't say we're doing it to service because it's like because we've done this before but there's so much in these episodes and there's just so little in the book yeah so i don't want to say we're doing a disservice to it i don't think we are but it kind of yeah. feels like it because the whole thing with the alien race them constantly coming back to invade I mean, Earth. it's no different it's no different than what we did for lock and key that first volume of lock and key is very different than that first season of yeah. that show you're very yeah. right you're very right so adaptation yeah, show, show show adaptations always tend to to redraft um very few shows uh that we watch for these comic things are usually adapted one for one yeah and the mm -hmm. only one i can really think of in recent memory is actually deadly class yeah. um which which pretty much was like rick remender saying i got it right yeah i didn't need, <laughs> i didn't need to fix it it's right don't need to change shit yeah, yeah. um yeah uh that being said as the episodes went on like it varied a little but it still more or less followed its own through line uh yeah. the, the character who gets the biggest improvement from the comic uh, even though we wrote, only read one volume it's throughout this the way mm -hmm. the the rest of the comic the mom debbie gets so much more screen time oh, she yeah. is the actual like real not that she's not a real character in the comic but she has so less screen time compared the to the first volume she's much more fully Even, developed in just these few i episodes. mean the entire comic like she is sure. just underutilized compared to i just i don't have that reference yeah point. yeah um and i just I, I immediately can tell that they care more about about the mom in this and incarnation than than the last one um, you don't cast sandra oh to have her be a bystander yeah um i love the stuff where with her and mark were She's like, yeah, I guess I'm just like the shitty mom with no powers, right? That's who I am, and like she's like joking about it because she's been married to a superhero. For or when, or when, he, when Mark sa says, "Make me," and she's like, "Oh, does that make you feel powerful?" Yeah, because she's she's dealt with this before with someone way stronger than him. Uh, yeah, so yeah. anything, she's like the baddest person in that family, really. Um, she could take take on Superman, really. Uh, speaking of, I think the voice cast is incredible. They're all they're all delivering great great performances. Um, Seth Rogen has a fun cameo. Dude, Alan, Alan, you guys, Alan's the best character in this book. You can't, I can't oh, wait to meet him again. Um, that's who yep. Seth Rogen was? Yeah. Actually oh. doing a voice. Like, he was good. And uh, uh, I want to uh, shout out uh, Jillian Jacobs from Community, who plays, plays Britta. She plays Adam Eve. Uh, I think she's great. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't put it until just now. Yeah, yeah. she is good. Yeah, yeah. Stephen Yoon uh, as Mark Grayson, like, he he's obviously not a teenager, but, like, he has, like, the manneris mannerisms and, like, of being a teenager and being, like, like tripping up talking to girls. Like, he plays it really well. Um, yeah, no complaints about the voice cast at all. I love Zazzy it. Zazzy Beats. Woo! As Amber? I'm, yeah. I, I don't, I think she might be a new character. Again, it's been a long time since I read the comic, but I think she might be a new, uh, a new character, which is cool. Um, Zachary Quinto is robot. Uh, okay. You were like, oh yeah, he does have a, a real Spock vibes. And you're like, yeah. Oh, man, because when, when I was watching it, the only time I like the credits would pop up and it only show the main cast, J.K. Simmons, Stephen Yen, and Sandra Oh. And then I just, and then it would automatically go into the next, next episode. You know, what's fun about Amazon is that if you pause it during an episode, it tells you who's the, who the cast is in that, in that, in that, in that, yes. uh, in that. Cause I never, the only time I paused it 
was it was it was it had a rebuffer during a certain scene. It was the, and the first date scene in uh, episode three. Every time, the- sorry, but every time I did that, I paused it. Uh, I was blown away by who was talking. Like <laughs> yeah. Walton Goggins is in this. Literally, yeah. Like, may, like, 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 like who, who's that talking? character? And, who's that character? And Megan's like, just pause it. Yeah. And then we did it. <laughs> I, I couldn't explain it to Ryan. I'm like, I, I can't explain this, but he has Lance Henriksen energy. He does. Uh, yeah. I can't explain that, but he does. <laughs> also, I'm going to make you guys have this because Megan made me have it. And Donald the guy who's always with Cecil with the glasses yeah, is Bobby from King of the Hill grown up. Yep. Now you I, can't I don't, see it. I don't have seen King of the Hill. Oh man. I, I haven't really watched King of the Hill, but I still, now I can't. He grew it. up. Turned cool. back just a little bit. Can someone answer the question I had? Who does Walton Goggins play? Cause I did not place his voice. Cecil, the bald guy with the scars. You gotta be shitting me. That's Cecil. Yeah. Well, it's Walton Goggins. Yeah. Um, the stuff with the old lady is really great in this episode. Uh, and in these three episodes, I thought that was really well handled. All really the super heroics. I loved really all the super heroics. Yeah. yeah, I did too. Um, yeah, animation's really good, I'll say. Yeah, so um, here, here and there, I, I feel like it's weaker in spots. So when the fights are happening, it's 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 good. That's how I feel too. That's because um, when they're talking, sometimes it's very stilted, but the fights look great. It's very rigid in conversational moments. Um, the eyes look dead. Yes, a hundred percent. Omni Man. I thought it was a character choice. It's not. It's the animation style. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the the eyes just look dead. I can think of one particular moment. Brandon already brought it up in this episode, which is the part where he's saying, uh, uh, in response to Mark saying he has his powers. You did. Oh, really? You did. And his eyes just don't change emotion at all. He yeah. doesn't turn his head to glance at her or anything. There's just it's a placid face. They try to make up for it with a lot of eyebrow movement, but the eyes are so dead. Yeah. most of yeah. the time. Um, it's very jarring. Uh, the the animation style reminds me a lot of a lot of the DC works. Um, that's a close comparison. Mm. However, when I think of like the Harley Quinn show, I'm like, nobody has dead eyes in that show. Yeah. And there are so many just that's like- what we were seeing with the DC animated movies is that type of animation. Yeah, but not all of them. And and this it's so it, it is so rigid. And there clearly are moments like uh, the the one. I think it stood out to you too, which is where he's sitting on the roof with Mark and they're doing the bit where he's explaining you're going to develop powers. And it is, it is oh, so cutting corners on having to animate more yeah. about him standing, like sitting there and they cut back to the same shot in different angles a lot, but it's all just him, uh, different sizes, I should say, but it's all the same thing and his face doesn't change and yeah. the eyebrows just do all the motion for him. And I'm like, uh, uh, I wish it was just a, a, a notch more because like, sometimes they're doing those conversation bits and I'm like, they're, I can't stop looking at their dead eyes. I 100% agree. I, I, it doesn't, I guess it doesn't bother me too much because one, I think the action when it's happening is pretty good. I agree. And, and it is an hour long animated show. And that's like, that is so much production value behind it. Like, I guess they 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 could have just given it a bigger budget, but I don't think they had it. This yeah. is this is me understanding that and yeah. knowing that, and and like I accept it. I still am enjoying the show, but I have to critique it because oh, course, unfortunately, yeah. when I'm seeing it, I can't stop seeing it. Oh yeah, uh, I I keep I like conversational scenes. I keep going look at their dead ass eyes. I can't unsee it. Uh, um, I agree. The other thing I would say that's kind of a critique is that um, just from this first volume of the comic, I thought that the color palette is really dynamic. Um, the art styles match pretty well, but the but the but the color range is really vast. Uh, the way that they'll use color, uh, especially two tone panels, 
um, in the book is really good. It's a very bright comic. Uh, yeah. yeah, but like uh, like there's some of the night scenes are just blues and yellows, and they're, they're very striking in that way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wish more of the show was doing things like that. Um, I can think of one moment in particular where I went, yes, which is when uh, Omni-Man's in the other dimension. That's exactly, yes. And I'm like, I wish there was really more good. of this. I wish there was more of this in different spots of the show. I don't need the whole show to have it, but like, I feel like there should be more spots where we're getting like this beautiful color range that we could do because you're an animated show and the comic does it. Uh -huh. um, so I wish there was more. I, based on, on on the way this show is going compared to the comic, I think we're going to be getting more and more of those cool moments. They just had to establish the the baseline before yeah shit gets really wild right um and but I do agree like uh. uh I, I I think it could add a little. I think it could use more color. I yeah. guess I guess it, my my whole take on both of those things is kind of like it is good that the show presented its twist so early because it's not just in the plot. Mm -hmm. It's also in the in the style of the show can can easily fall into generic mm -hmm. uh, with how they're handling the animation and and there are moments yes where they're stepping away from that and I hope we get to see more of that because there are times where I, uh, the animation can almost feel a little bland. Oh, 100 percent. Um. Yeah, I'll I will take a a bland I I scene if I get more of the finale of like uh -huh. yeah uh, like the the worst head explosion of Omni Man cracking this dude's head. Ooh, remember the fish Aquaman and how he's like <laughs> there's not very many of the Aquaman the Aqua fish there, so there's such a regular fish and he's just like a dude living in a fish society. How sad is that? Oh, I'm so bored. So I so I wanted to talk about that sequence uh, specifically because um, I think it's. A testament to some really good writing that we get very little with the guardians of the globe um we they each get like a scene and by the time we see them die we feel bad oh yeah like they they really set them up well to where to where when they start dying you're like no wait wait maybe mirage will get away no wait maybe so someone's gonna get away right there's there's a, a terrific line where it's immortal and war woman and it's like and she's like, it's him or us. And he's and Immortal goes, I choose us. And yeah. it's like they know this is the end for them unless they kill Superman. And I'm like, Red Rush that is, is so like pushing it, is like punching until his arms break. So yeah. that scene is so good. Part part of what also it is writing. Like it's nice that we have those character beats, but part of what also makes you want them to get away is how violent it is. Mm. Uh, it's just horrifying to watch characters, even characters you're not super familiar with, go through that. I I watch. I've seen every every gross gore movie America has given me over the last. I've watched. I've watched it all, and nothing shocks me anymore. This truly got to me. Like I was like the Aquaman. Like his his brain splatters all over the floor, and I'm like, this is a cartoon. The second I, slam of uh of Darkwing. Oh my god, his, Darkwing! His brain yeah, that's what I'm man. Yeah, yeah. It was Darkwing's when, like Dark, Silver Surfer. He's so cool. Darkwing's death was the one where I was like, oh no. Oh, it's real now. Because like uh, I thought, oh, it's gonna be a fight. They'll 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 give you wounded, but they'll leave. And and the Darkwing dies. So I was like, oh no. Oh, and then oh, when I, I I don't remember her name, but the one that catches him right after, and Green she's Ghost. like, oh shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Through the face. Through yeah. the face. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. in like in like it's one of those fun things where I where I get to say like this is just the beginning because like I just think of The Walking Dead and how like that's a show that like builds on like character deaths and how like. It's just, this is a comic that does the same thing, but it does it in the opposite way where you're always filled with hope and then bad things happen. And it's like, oh, I'm just so excited. I get to live in the invincible world again because like it, it got famous. It got big for a reason, man. And like, I can't wait. It's like, what's, they go so far in these three episodes compared to the volumes. I'm really curious where the next three episodes take us. Uh, the show has some really interesting needle drops. 
Yeah. You uh, were asking me questions and cool. I refuse to answer because I I don't want to give you guys any. I asked you a question. You asked me two questions. Mm, no. No. I asked you one and I okay. asked you know is he lying about why he came to Earth? Okay. That's all I asked. Okay. Anyway, but you're asking the fact <laughs> that you're asking questions like that like makes me happy um, because like there's a lot going on that I'm glad that they give us a give us like again they give us a little bit but not a lot. Um, Man, when I was lying why he came to Earth. When he grabs okay. the alien, when he grabs the alien, he's like. Dude, this is not your world to conquer and just destroys that whole planet. That's yeah. such a cool sequence. Yeah. I was yeah. surprised that uh they they make his story to his son less benevolent. They tone it down True. compared to the first volume. This is one of the moments where the oh, comic and yeah, the show yeah. can compare really directly. Mm-hmm. Um they tone down how benevolent he talks about it being, because like my my world was gonna give up on Earth, but I insisted. I saw something in you, so I came here. It's truncated. It's yeah. a little interesting that they they just turn it into all of us do this, and I just volunteered for Earth. That's how it worked. He's like Invader Zim. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna go to Earth. Um, I really like the fight between uh, Invincible Adam and e- Adam Eve and uh, Doctor Seismic. Oh God! Yeah, what a cool. That's a really cool fight. Do I no, erase this? Uh, some no. of my favorite use of that kind of power oh. when he's moving himself around. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, there's a there's a fun bit where Invincible is like, yeah. Sorry, I haven't worked on my uh, I haven't worked on my on my um, quip game yet. Like my just like, so they're all bad. Yeah. <laughs> no, I even love when uh, like when uh, Doctor Seismic is fighting Adam Eve. He's like, look at what you're wearing. And she's like, I designed this. And he's like, I thought you were a seismologist. He's like, yes, but also a minor in sociology, women's studies, and African dance. Yeah. He like just trips says what he went to school for. It's, uh, it's Rex Splode, right? Rex Splode, yeah. Uh, Rexplode, there's yeah. there's no universe where he should be on the Guardians team. Uh, he's clearly world. he's clearly just an antagonistic mess to everyone. Yeah, I don't care um, how how but like robot, you are. But robot might not be on the up and up. Man, clearly robot. I Man, uh, some great moments in this show. Just like when when the guard looks at that guy and he's like, "Oh shit, sorry, Pete." <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you're like, oh, man, damn, just trying to do a job. Uh, again, like those are characters that like they don't show up for a while, Chicken pot and I just love night. it. Yeah, and like I love that they like who's the original clone, and it's like it's me because I got out of jail. And it's like obviously it's not because you're dead, and I could just clone another one. Like their dynamics, cute. Like I, all the characters, uh, I think are just like well written enough. Where I'm like, I just like this whole world. I'm glad to yeah. be uh, the. Other criticism I have in the show besides the animation is that there are a few moments, I, I think it largely happens around Mark, where we get these weird pauses, uh, just like the, the pace of the conversation yes. mm-hmm. falls, lags in a weird way. And I'm like, eh, this could be cl- clipped up. I don't know yeah, why yeah. We're, we're lagging, especially because these are animated characters. We're not seeing any facial expressions change or anything. Yeah. Uh, so the, the pacing of the conversation could clip along a little better. No, I noticed that too, because there are times where a conference where someone would say something and then like maybe a second or two would pass, then the the response would show up. And I can't remember exactly where, but I do remember saying, like, oh, that was weird. That didn't sound mm-hmm. right. Uh one that really stood out to me was Mark and Abby uh uh Abby? Amber. Amber, okay. thank you. Mark and Amber's uh phone call. Mm-hmm. Uh Mark has a lot of weird pregnant pauses in there. Um Do you think it's a thing where they 
they tried to make him seem like awkward on the phone, but it's just not done well. So I think that's fine. It's not pauses where it's in the middle of his conversation. It's pauses after he finishes saying something and then Amber takes too long to respond or vice versa. Mark takes too long to respond to her. And I'm like, that just doesn't need to be there. Like it doesn't make it. We're not watching them think, Yeah, yeah. you know, uh, it's not live action. So we're not watching them think Mm -hmm. this could move quicker. Um, it just feels weird. I love I love Cecil being like asshole Coulson. Mm. Uh, he like he just like teleports into his room. He's like, don't worry, she hasn't flushed yet. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> what a what a what a what a confident guy. Like he knows what he has to do to save the world. Yeah. Uh, Dark ben, blood is did awesome. You catch, did 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 you catch uh, uh, Mark Hamill? Yes, I did. Yeah, he's that the, was like the one, designer. That, that was the one voice. I'm like, hey, that's Mark Hamill. He's hard to miss. Yeah, <laughs> doing his subtle Joker right there. Uh, yeah. You brought up, who'd you bring up? The Demon Detective, Hellboy, Dark yeah, Blood. Dark Blood, yeah. Dark Blood is freaking awesome. Dude. And that Clancy was Clancy Brown. Brown. Yeah, that's the other voice I knew who it was. I'm like, oh, that's Clancy Brown. Batman and Hellboy, just like it's just, I love that guy so much. He's so cool. I love that they're introducing so much stuff in the first. Like it's so good. Like I, I really wasn't sure how this show was gonna go because again, this is a comic that's run for like 20 years um i it's just it's so cool that they're giving us all of it at once i love it and because it's so different the movie uh can also be incredibly different man i don't even what do you even what do you even do that bit uh that bit that we talked about where it's uh eve taking down the pictures and it's got that needle drop music and i'm like so this is just an animated cw show oh it's so it's really to get a little more mature it was it was so dramatic um and he's trying to apologize to her by doing the fireworks thing and oh yeah yeah okay because i kind of feel bad because i kind of do like uh mark with adam eve but also i really like mark with amber as well Mm -hmm. yeah i'm glad that adam eve uh, cause she went to go spy when she go, she went to go hang, uh, see Mark yeah, and yeah. Mark was making out Amber and she's not vindictive about it. Adam Eve's like, good for you, Mark. And I'm glad that she's not being a jerk about the guy that she's not even with. Cause that would have been like a weird, for real. a weird drama. Yeah, that would have been CW. Her. That would have been CW Truly. shit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that would have been CW. So I would have, cause when she says good for you, cause I'm like, okay. Yeah. I mean, cause she, yeah, she did just break up with Rex Blode, but at the same time, oh yeah, man, screw Rex, screw Rex Blode. Screw that guy. Really, really do not like him. Um, yeah, who duplicate? No joke. One of the best names ever for a superhero. Duplicate? Are you kidding me? I love it. Um, I really like that they. I really like how they changed the alien invasion from the comic book. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just one. It's just a couple pages in the in the comic book. In the in the show, they adapt it to be a really seminal moment for Mark uh, for Invincible. Um, I think that's handled very well. Oh, and yeah. I love the mini arc with the general who turns into like the king, who's yeah. like, who just becomes this cybernetic thing because he hates Earth so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. I think that's all really cool and really well done. Yeah, uh, it's interesting to lose some of that energy of the dad. Um, I will admit, like I like the scene where he goes to the other dimension and everything, um, but losing the energy of him uh, being chummy with his son and keeping that that facade. Uh, we lose that really great moment where they just portal in behind him and nab him and then they disappear. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. I thought was really great in the comic. Uh, yeah, like the, the final page of the comic is 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 them having a conversation at dinner and it's Mark like Mark is like, Yeah, my teacher was turning kids in the bombs and I had to stop then. And then the dad's like, Yeah, I spent eight months in a prison and I liberated it and now I'm here. And mom's like, Cool, you guys ready for dessert? And that again, that mom is like just so she's so used to it. It's just another Tuesday for her. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I uh, love yeah. like we mentioned it earlier, but I love Sandra O oh in yeah. this uh, in the show. She's tough. 
Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of um, there's a lot of stuff in the book. Uh, there's a lot of stuff in the show about the dad training, uh, Mark, and I, I really, I really like that that addition uh, yeah. compared to the book where we don't get any of it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think, I think again, having Robert Kirkman again, having having the guys who who made the thing involved in your thing usually works. Uh, I just go to back to recommender. Um, but having Robert Kirkman have like. Uh, having 18 years, 17 years uh, of experience to like fix or do something different than he did originally. Um, Cause he's like a, he was a kid when he wrote the first comic. Um, I think he just, he turned, he's turned it into something better than, than it was. Like, I think this is a really, really great invincible. I agree. Um, speaking of the comic, I felt like they didn't, there wasn't a great job done on how seriously they take the threat of the teacher abducting, kids and Mm -hmm. turning them into bombs like it it there's a nonchalant passiveness to it that i just didn't work for me yeah uh in reading the comic story um and i'm glad that that's not an energy that i feel as much in the show oh that's fair Uh, i i I like just kind of like oh yeah it's definitely the missing kids who are being turned into bombs and it's like yeah the man kills one yeah i'm not i'm not anti like the whole story but like i i didn't feel like the teacher's final pitch landed for me nor do i feel like their attention to the matter uh feels like they actually care everyone feels kind of blase about yeah, yeah. the superhero stuff they have to do and i'm like oh that's when, the, when their classmate when their classmate died there was really nothing it's like oh well we didn't stop a bomb it wasn't like wow someone i know just died yeah yeah mark in comparison i feel like mark has a better weight of what's going on scene with the the old woman mm-hmm. uh in mm-hmm. the show and like that kind of energy is lacking in the comic and the weird thing is that it's lacking on all of the characters so the fact that like none like i can get a couple of them being kind of removed from it but that mark specifically or any of them don't have that kind of energy where they kind of care a little more or or it matters a little more is more present uh made the comic a little eh to me Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely think um, I think Invincible gets it only gets better as it goes on. Um, I do I do think it starts again. This came out in two thousand three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So much, so much has changed. Like it's it's crazy to, to see how much how much they've they've been able to adapt while also changing for the better. Um, uh, I just I, I the show I am so exa- so glad the show exists and it's as good as it is and people are are loving it because a lot of people are coming to the comic and while I don't think the comic is as good as the show, I think the comic. Uh, it lasted 150 issues and it turns into one of the coolest superhero spectacles ever made in comics. And I'm like, we're going to get to see that in animated form with like, with no budget. Like you could just do it. Uh, and I, in a year when we're there, I'm so excited because it's, it's good shit. Uh, I don't know if I have anything more to add. Um, I, I don't, um, I really enjoyed these first three episodes. I thought there was a lot of good mystery stuff. Um, I love a lot of the characters. Um, Pretty much one of the critiques I have is just there are times where the pausing was 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 a bit of a problem. But I really like how like I knew that Omni Man was like definitely not on the up and up because the way he said this is not your planet to conquer, I was like, oh, oh shit. You, that's the one that's the that's the nail in the coffin though. That's the one where it's like if you haven't gotten it by now. Yeah, it's like, oh, you are a bad guy. That's been it's a complicated world. You don't yeah. know motivations for anyone maybe the guardians were bad who knows because in the comic uh omni man was like a really chill dad he was like yeah i'm I'm here to help my son i'm gonna help him with his powers 
And in the book or in the in the show, there are times where he's chill, but then there are times where he gets really mad and really angsty. Like when he gets out of the hospital and he tells the secretary, he's like, hey, you go get my costume like right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That is, again, the, yeah, showing his anger is good. Um, yeah, man. Like the first the first three volumes of this comic are, mm-hmm. are pretty, pretty regular, all things considered. Like there is some violence, but like it's not it's it's. It's the scene at the end of of episode one that happens in like volume three or four when you start to realize shit is getting weird. Um, so I I can't track the trajectory of of where the show's gonna go in comparison to the comic because like they're introducing things that don't show up until two years into that run, and I'm just it's it's fun to be in this mode of not knowing what's gonna happen because I know the the obvious regular trajectory of of the plot, but the the minutia of everything around it is so different. Um, yeah. My last point is I love, again, I love tournament arcs. We saw a whole tryout of a bunch of superheroes fighting each other. It's so good. Monster Girl, guys, uh, she's an MVP of this comic. Just, oh God, I love it. I Monster love Monster Girl's Girl. whole expl- explanation of she gets younger every time she transforms. So good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and the fact that she's like, I'm actually 24, I used to go by Monster Woman. It's like, oh, oh no. Sad oh. Benjamin Button rules going I feel on here. So bad for her. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I really like the show. Uh, I, I might continue with the comic, uh, but I'm definitely going to continue with the show. Hell yeah. Uh, maybe we'll, when the, when the season's over, we'll do something. Because I, I would love to talk about it again. Um, if we had the time, we could do a Fake Nerds Watch. But I wish I had the time. <laughs> I uh, agree. Okay. So, so, so is that, if that's it, Sparks, do you have anything more to add? Love it. All right. Um, so since that's it, uh, that's our book club and our and our uh, we need thing. we need to fail 24 more minutes uh, hello my honey hello my baby hello my anyway um so we're skipping the book club this week so ben next week book club it's yours what is it mm-hmm. boys we're going on a hunt more bloodborne more. volume one written by alex uh Aless cott and artist by piotr kowalski I can't even tell you how I've been wanting to make that a book club too. Uh, yes. Was it I told you you were going to love it, Ryan. I told you. you. Right. I'm sorry, Brandon. I, I didn't know it was going to be Bloodborne. I can't. I can't do that to my baby. I can't. Yeah. Is this yeah, based off for, the? Is this based off the game or is this, off, this is based off the From Software video game? I did a little digging, and apparently, you don't have to play the video game to understand it. The first volume explains the town. And it's only the first four issues, as far as I'm pretty. Yes, yeah, the first four issues, right, Ryan? Do you know or no? I haven't read it yet. I'm excited to read it. It oh, was sold. Okay. It, was, it was super sold out anytime I tried to get it. So yeah. yeah, I heard the first volume. I as I what I saw was only is only four issues long. So yeah, it's not quick read, but, All right. so, but it's, it is Bloodborne, Volume One: The Death of Sleep. Man, I have, I have seen so many images because both Alice and, and Peter uh, uh, post on Twitter about like, hey, this is the comic I made a little while ago. Um, I, said that I pronounced their names, right? Yeah, you got it right. Yeah, you got it right. right um, cool. I'm, I'm so excited to finally read this book. It is, if you know the, the imagery of Bloodborne, it's nasty, Lovecraftian, gooey goodness. Uh, so stoked. Yeah, death of sleep. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, and also next week, we're going to be talking about Godzilla versus Kong, a rematch 60 years in the making. Oh, my I can't believe um, it's here. Yeah, right. Can you please stop showing me shit in the marketing, please? <laughs> uh, so... They don't. They don't even care anymore, Brandon. There was a new trailer, and I decided not to put it on this. On the Good. Like, not doing that. Not I've doing seen, that. I've seen TV spots that are named things that are spoilers. That it just pisses me off. I I, uh, I turn everything. I turn everything off now. Yeah. Like the you only. Do... Yeah. 
the only thing of Godzilla vs. Kong I'm I'm going to allow myself to watch is just the Owl Kitty fake trailers that I sent you guys with the The cat. only thing oh. of Godzilla vs. Kong that I'm going to watch is the movie. Hell yeah. Alright, anyway. Uh cool. That's fun. Can't wait. Screw on. Dude, we're getting like in like we're getting a Godzilla movie, a Kong movie at the same time, and I mean like then we're gonna get like a Mortal Kombat movie. Like yeah. it just feels it feels good. It feels good. And eventually Godzilla. Godzilla singular point, so another Godzilla thing. That's like soon. We it's airing in Japan now. Oh, we don't? Well, we don't know when it comes stateside. Damn. It's in Japan right now though. VPN guys. I'll be there soon. This episode is not brought to you by NordVPN. <laughs> Sponsor us. <laughs> um Mag saying goodnight. Good night, gang. Good See night. you all soon. And here's to Godzilla vs. Kong comeback in box office. Yeah. Mag, I want nothing more than a big monster movie to actually make money in America, but I'm not not putting my hopes out. It's doing not very well overseas, though. So yeah. Is it really? Yeah. Thank God. Thank you. Thank you, God. I <sighs> hope we get another MonsterVerse movie. Absolutely. I hold my breath though. Well, we're getting me. the anime. Excuse me, Ryan. Thank you, Godzilla. Godzilla. That's what he said. He did the thing that uh You missed me. I was Bradley Bifford for a minute. Oh. All right, uh, just going to plug some shit then. Uh, well, look, we do on the end of every episode. I'm going to plug my new thing first, um, Conversation. That's our new show on uh, on this channel. Um, well, not this channel, but, you know, you get it. The Fake Nerd Family Podcast. Network. Um, the two episodes that are up now are in the link th- are in the link below, and they are of Phil Better of the Invest in Yourself Podcast and Stephen White of the Super Mega Crash Bros Turbo Podcast. This week, coming out on Thursday, it's going to be a Thursday every week, um, is Patrick Ora. Um, and I don't have his podcast written down, but you'll know it when it comes out on Thursday. Um, of course, you can check out our YouTube channel. Um, check out all the cool stuff we have on our YouTube page. We have other shows such as Fake Nerds Watch, which we're currently going through, Falcon and the Witch Soldier. You can check out our uh, back catalog of so many great shows. Basement Arcade. Uh, Basement Arcade Pause Menu, which uh, Ben said that he has recorded a new episode coming soon. We mm-hmm. might, maybe, actually, maybe have some Basement Arcade coming soon, maybe. Um, that's why I said soon-ish. that. Many, that's why I said that many maybes. <laughs> uh, soonish. Yeah. Oh, he means uh, he means us. Oh, because oh. I'm on spring break. That's what I was. Sorry, oh, right, I, was, right. oh, I wasn't referring. Sorry, there. Yeah. I meant maybe actual stuff happening soon. There was another thing that was supposed to happen, but yeah, yeah. anyway. Yeah. Good. More Basement Arcade. Yeah. And Fickner Book Club, which are going through Little Char and the Gang, and of course on its audio is Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, Volume 1, Volume 2, coming soon. Uh, guys, if you're not getting vaccinated, or even if you are, don't forget I said that first part. If you're getting vaccinated, no matter what, it's a pandemic, get some masks. I don't know what that whole thing was. Um, you can check that. You can check the links below in the description. Um, we have uh, picked our podcast masks, which we are still selling, and we will sell until uh, someone says there's no more pandemic. And then maybe after that. Uh, you can check out our Patreon, which we have three tiers. Uh, four more days to get that shirt, and we get another one up there. How about? Uh, shirts will be gone forever. Um, check that out. Subscribe Isn't to it that. Four days? What? Three, three more. I counted, days? A- I counted April first, but I shouldn't have, right? No, it's up I don't to know you. How, how counting works. <laughs> uh, I failed math. I don't know if you know that. Um, five's after one, right? Yes. You can check out our T public. Hey man, I helped you cheat your way through statistics. Boy, you did. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, check out our, our, our geometry. Geometry. I'm sorry. That's the one. I definitely, I definitely cheated my way through math. It's not even funny. 
<laughs> I only failed uh, one F plus my entire career, and now you still hate my <laughs> That's what's called I, a humble brag. Math was my worst subject, too. I have an abacus in my brain. Look. Oh, my God. I'm just going to say, I don't think it's cheating to have the formulas next to you as long as you understand how to use them. Formula. Mm, true. That's what we Ravioli, do. Ravioli, ravioli. Uh, you can check out our Public. We just got a lot of cool shirts up there on our Public. Uh, keep stocking that thing with more shirts. Hoping someone buys them. Um, cool, 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 cool. You can check out our website. Um, I actually put conversation up on our website. Um, there's a there's a link you can follow there. So all of our links on our on our website at fakenerdpodcast.com. And all the links are below. Thank you to everyone who listens. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, thank you to everyone who watches uh, the live stream. Mag, you're wonderful. And thank you to everyone who watches the Rewind. Just thank you to everyone who supports us and checks us out. Thank you to Jeremy Bellucci, who uh, does Suburban Proctologist and our theme musics that you've heard today. Um... Even when I fudged it, you can find him at Jeremy Bellucci Keyboards, and you can find Suburban Proctologist on iTunes and all sorts of and all sorts of audio uh, things. Facebook.com/slash Suburban Proctologist Official and Instagram at Subproc Podcast. Sparks, I hear there's an update soon. Oh yeah, very exciting. Thank you to Mike Matola who does our logos for Faker Podcast, Miscellaneous, and maybe the the next month shirt. Died. That's that's it. That's what it is. You're not going to hear me until next month. Um, you can find him at Mike Patola on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of Fichtner Podcast. If you'd like to get in touch with us personally, I'm a, at, uh, I'm a Fichtner Podcast. Now I'm a Fichtner Guys at gmail.com. Uh, I'm a BC McClure on Instagram and Twitter. Ben? Well, you can find me trying to figure out what to put up here on my little uh, dresser for next week at BenMaga27 on Instagram and Twitter. And like I said at the very beginning of the show, I also write for OldSchoolGamerMagazine.com. News article about modding your consoles is up on the website right now. So go ahead and check that out because that's awesome. I voted yes on your modding poll if you should mod consoles. I s- also, thanks to everyone who – speaking of which, that was the one tweet – I had where I put up a poll, over 115 people, I think 120 plus people answered that question. I was like, damn, that's the most this, any of my tweets have ever gone out. So whoever answered that, whoever answered that poll, thank you. Thank you so much. It's a, it's, a, it's, 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 it's as the kids say, went viral. I guess Sparks. it did. You gotta get another vaccine for that one. <laughs> Sparks. Uh, you can find me enjoying my spring break at Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter, S-P-A-R-K-Z Witty. Ryan, hold on, hold on. <laughs> hey, you can find me at DJ Tony Snark all over the internet, baby, baby, baby. Oh yeah, yeah. Bing bong applesauce. <laughs> <laughs> Text to speech, DJ Tony Snark everywhere. Wow, oh, I'm glad baby, baby. Did you hear the Bing bong applesauce too? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Just making sure it's the whole message works. All right. <laughs> fun, fun. Um, subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music Podcast, and Pandora. Rate and review wherever you get us. Like this video. Subscribe to this channel. And until next time you see us, stay fake, nerds.